Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of Kong Roundtable for the final full-blown episode. Today, as always, you're joined by me, Mulder, otherwise known as Faye, and... Ton here once again. And Crash here, per usual. And today we're joined by two guests, one very special and one... I don't know what the fuck he's doing here. <laughs> Pokesosaurus is here somehow, again. We didn't ask him <laughs> back. He forced his way. He forced his way on here. I'm, oh, I'm I'm, this, I'm a special guest, but special in a different way. It's attracted to the center of the monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but fuck him. Nobody cares about him. However, <laughs> we we do have another special guest here. Rob is joining us. Hi, I'm Rob, also known as your boy Shamoy. And Rob is somebody who I've had a lot of fun interacting with on Twitter, and I'm glad to finally drag in somebody as obsessed with SH Monster as I am. Finally. <laughs> So, Rob, how did you get into King Kong to start us off? All right. Uh, well, besides just like the normal kind of uh, the references you'll see growing up in like every cartoon and TV show, uh, I think my first real interaction with like King Kong as a concept was the 2005 remake. That's um, been a lot of people, obviously, yeah. considering our gen. And it was... Kind of because, like, I didn't even know about the 70s remake of King Kong until, I think, last year or the year oh, before wow. that. Uh, I had no idea that even existed. Um, so <laughs> my whole understanding was just, there's King Kong from 1933, didn't know about Son of Kong. Uh, and then there was nothing until Peter Jackson came along and decided to do that. Uh, and I remember I liked it as a kid. Uh, I liked dinosaurs and I liked seeing this giant gorilla just beat everything down and i just remember really enjoying it and surprisingly i wasn't scared of anything in the movie huh. i know a lot of people have like some like childhood trauma from parts of it but uh yeah. i never did <laughs> a fearless one we have <laughs> i was always like oh yeah 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 where's the dinosaur where's kong and i was just like i enjoyed it and uh and then i didn't really think about him for a long time until i think Skull Island finally got announced or mm -hmm. was starting to show up in theaters. And even then, God, I'm a Godzilla fan, but man, I was a really uninformed Godzilla fan because I remember <laughs> after 2014 being really hyped and being like, man, that was great. I really hope we get something else. And then going to see some random other movie eventually between the years and just standing in line looking at a poster and I see Kong Skull Island and I just look at that and like, oh, cool. New Kong movie. I'd be cool if they met up again. And then I just went on like that until King of the Monsters mentioned him. And I'm like, oh, they're connected. I didn't know. What? <laughs> so you didn't so you didn't sit for the post credits, did you? Wow. Uh, so the thing is, I uh, I didn't even watch Skull Island oh, until wow. until like years after it came out. On, like, oh, that's funny. D on like Blu-ray. And also in that, I bought it like years before, and then it just kind of sat there until like I finally <laughs> found out, like, hey, this is a uh, this is all connected. There's a monsterverse. It's like the MCU. I'm like, when did when did that get announced? <laughs> where, where did that come from? <laughs> it's been a pretty low key verse. Only like three movies. <laughs> yeah. Very well. <laughs> it, I uh, think it, I think it's good, Rob, that we have you and Pokes on because you have similar energies. <laughs> I'm excited about that. That means you're going to be bullied too. 
It's okay. <laughs> no, no, he has he has new guy protection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my kind of going into Kong. Uh, I'm uh, trying to catch up on the series. Uh, and I think listening in on to this podcast as it's gone along uh, has been great oh, to kind of get me to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially. Especially one I thought I was just gonna never like two that I wasn't gonna watch at all, uh The Son of Kong and King Kong Lives. I was kind of <laughs> writing those off and just yeah. like uh those are just like low budget bad sequels from what I've heard. But uh the discussions you guys had kept made me just actually wait a minute. I need to watch those. I think I'm gonna like them. Movies may actually give you a different opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But, but I'm glad to hear that we did a special King Kong Lives because, as my model is now, Stan King Kong Lives. And I, was, I was like, I guess, upset in a positive way, which is yeah. really fun. <laughs> did not expect that. But yeah, um, Pokes, how did you get into King Kong stuff? Because I forgot to ask you actually. It's yeah, just, uh... <laughs> um, I've it's similar in that I the first experience with King Kong that I can remember is watching the 2005 uh, Peter Jackson remake of it. Um, I'd seen bits of the original, like on like there's always those like those old those TV channels that'll show over the old movies, and I'd seen bits and pieces of the original King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, but other like I had I did not watch the original King Kong until earlier this year, literally, and. Literally, because of Godzilla vs. Kong coming out, um, I, I was aware. I've been aware for a long time that uh, Son of Kong exists, and I obviously, I've obviously known about uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla, the original one. Um, but the only yeah. actual, the only I, I'd never heard. Like I was like him, and that I've never heard of the '70s one until you guys started talking about it this year as well. <laughs> uh, nor, nor did I know about the the '80s one either. So that was new to me. So the, the only King Kong movies I have seen are. The original, the re- the 2005 remake, and Kong Skull Island. We 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 only, we only bring on the most knowledgeable guests on this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are the most like I take big big. Yeah. Do people say that of Kong movies. <laughs> but you guys, I, I, I am I do need I do want to watch the 80s one because you guys said it's in like Georgia is involved and I live in. Yes, Georgia. it's oh, yeah, set in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, Pokes, I think it's you very Georgia. Yeah. Excellent, my people. <laughs> Actually, no. I, I should not associate myself with my people. <laughs> <laughs> not all of them, at least. <laughs> Hashtag not all Georgians. <laughs> Anyways, all right. I guess we can get into rating Kong Skull Island. Pokes, do you want to start us off? Out of ten, sure. Out of ten, uh probably like an eight point five. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. I don't have too many complaints about it. Crash. Uh, me probably like seven point five to eight. I really I like. Oh, uh-huh. it. it's not okay. a bad rating. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Ton. Yeah. Um. Kong, it's a eight eight out. Yeah, eight out of ten for me. Sorry, my brain fart. <laughs> no problem, Rob. Uh, yeah, I'd give Kong Skull Island a solid eight. Yeah, for me, it 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 would be an eight point five out of ten. I really enjoy it. Not as much as your monstrous movies, but but I do like it. All right, so Kong Skull Island came out in 2017, directed by Jordan Bob Roberts, a new director coming straight off of only one movie. How, what, how did you guys think of how he did? Who want to start off? It's very video gamey. In like it is, like fun, which is a very good thing, I think, in my opinion. 
it does it does it well. I think his direction here definitely gives Skull Island an, another. It brings it back to that sense of mystery, which I think is important yeah. for every Skull mm-hmm. Island to have. And he does a good job making it. Just, just I don't know. Just the way he films it, it's always like really intense and always really engaging. Sometimes kind of <laughs> kind of silly in a way, but it's done really well. I'd say. Yeah, well, the, what when you guys mentioned the video games thing reminded me of how there's legit first person shooter esque shots in this movie at times. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. when uh, there's the shot of um, I can't remember which character it is, but they're using the M16 and like it, it's like a aiming down sight shot while they shoot the little flying ugly things. Yeah, yeah. the ugly mm-hmm. bastards. You know what I'm talking about? They're I mean, they managed they managed to be uglier than the Dimorphodons in Jurassic World, which is a which is it takes a lot to do that. So. Oh, those yeah. little flying things that you think like, oh, they're just weird creatures, and then they just tear that guy apart yeah, midair. Yeah. <laughs> Barry, Barry shot, shot very nicely too. That was a very nice scene how he shot it. Yeah. <laughs> to the sunset. Tom. Uh, yeah, I quite like um, Jordan like Phil Robertson direction here. Um, obviously, he hasn't done a lot of movies, but he's a very modern director and I feel mm-hmm. like he has this very unique energy in how what he brings into the film. And um it really plays to his strengths with this movie. Like yeah. you gotta say he has a lot of the video gamey shots. He has a lot a really unique sense of color and just yeah. sense of scale with this movie that really just complements the movie. So he did excellent work here. I, I feel like too. oh god. I feel I like some... <laughs> I feel like something unique with Jordan Vod Roberts is I feel like he's more inspired by video games and anime than a lot of other directors right now. Like, if you listen to his influences, he'll talk about a lot. Like, he'll mention, like, Gundam, Metal Gear Solid, which is why Tun stands him so hard on the floor <laughs> because of those two. Um, uh, Evangelion. Even, like he said, there was some Pokemon influence in this one. And, like, there's references to Legend of Zelda and stuff. So I think that gives this film a very unique vibe to it. Where it does definitely has a bit more of that anime and video game influence compared to, say, like, G2014 or Kingdom Monsters, but I think have more film influences to them. Yeah, I, I would say so. Like, Skull Island, it, it like it's a lot more, like, in your face, I would say, and pops a lot more, and it's a lot more, like... Yeah. Very ac- action-y, very much more fast-paced. There's usually a lot of stuff going on. It's very yeah. Boring. And so it... It's it's weird because it's very different from the Godzilla ones, but at the same time, like I think he manages to strike a good sort of like tonal vibe that makes yeah. it consistent with the universe. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, All right. coming. Uh, oh, go on. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, coming off from like Godzilla fourteen into this, uh, you do kind of get a sense of like whiplash when you get into it. Uh, yeah. Not even just like. I know everyone's number one thing is like, oh, it's all daylight. You can see the monsters. Like, well, no, it's not just that. It's a uh, just. It feels very action packed and very, almost like, how do I describe it? Almost kind of like a race in a sense. It, like yeah. you get this adrenaline rush when you watch it in a lot of scenes. Yeah, it's also yeah. a lot more gory. I would say. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it's also a lot. I feel like this is the first one in the MonsterVerse, which is which is less of Gareth Edwards' trademark teasing, and more of that more in your face kind of action that would persist into King the Monsters. And I presume, based on what we've heard, Godzilla versus Kong. So I think that's interesting too. Makes I feel sense, like I, I feel yeah. like it's definitely the one 
that said more of the tone for the MonsterVerse going forward. Yeah. Kind of like... Oh, go ahead. Originally, this wasn't supposed to be a MonsterVerse movie, but then... Oh, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, let's let's make a MonsterVerse movie. I feel you can kind of see that. Yeah, it was originally just Universal, like, oh, hey, Godzilla did well. Let's let's revive King Kong. Let's do a King Kong movie. And basically, during the script writing, there were teases put in there because Max Bornstein, who wrote G2014, also was involved in this one. And he and he was like putting like little teasers and stuff to like hint that there was a universe. And then they're like, why don't we just make it overt? And they asked Universal if they could bring it to WB. And they're like, okay, I think they did a trade for something, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> what they they did. I feel like they did a trade or something like that for for WB to get it. So WB so got it one, and they made it over. Uh huh. This has been when uh, Universal was still trying for their like uh, dark universe. <laughs> That dark yeah. universe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they maybe they traded for something they were gonna put towards that that obviously didn't go anywhere. Maybe <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure, man, because I know they didn't pay for it. Traded but, for but, the but... Bride, Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure what they traded it for, but yeah, I, I do think you get a bit of that vibe. But also, I feel like they do a good job also making it cohesive in simple ways. Not to mention the post credit scene, but I'll, but I'll come back to that later. <laughs> But yeah, does anyone have anything else they want to add about that uh, JVR's direction? I, I'm just, I, want to, I just want to say I'm excited that he's... Like, I, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but I know he's working on a Metal Gear Solid movie, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Like, he, he, yeah, he posts like a storyboard art at this time. So. <laughs> if, based, based, on, based on his video game aspects that are in Kong Skull Island, I can only imagine how good it'll be at a uh, Metal Gear Solid movie. I know mm-hmm. me and Ton both really want him for the, the movie Legendary has in the works. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Please, if you're listening uh, That'd be great. <laughs> There's one universe employee listening to us. Like, yeah, yeah, write this down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've gotten I've gotten emails from Universal lawyers. They weren't happy emails, but I got them. <laughs> they don't. You're our biggest contact with Universal. <laughs> yeah, I'll just email their lawyers. <laughs> but but Universal's not making a Gundam movie. That's 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 legendary, and I imagine WB. Well, now it's going to Universal because we told them. <laughs> yeah, they're listening to us. We we have that kind of clue. <laughs> Universal is going to go to them and be like, "We'll give you Kiko if you give us the Gundam movie. Come on, we know you listen, want him." Listen, I'll, I'll I'll talk to my I'll talk to my friend Essen Slot. He'll talk to Universal because I know he knows people. So you know, we'll do all- folks, folks, that is so that is so fucking cringy that you're mentioning Essen Slot just because he did some lines for your video. It's part of the chain of command. We're going to get to Universal through him. It's all part of Pokes' plan. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, let me let me route this back. Alma, do we want to go into the monsters first or the humans first? Uh, I like big monster. Uh, yeah, I don't care about the human plot. Fuck the human plot. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we can. We can Crash. Yeah, Crash. <laughs> we can you go better. to the human first, I guess. Okay, Alma. Okay, uh, you won't just say no. I think I'll, I'll do the humans first and then the scene so we can keep the pop too strong going. All right, as we've been doing with every single King Kong episode, we first start off talking about the natives, racist. and for once, for once though, there's that there's, there's 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 one's actually not racist. It's a miracle. It only took until 2017. <laughs> the the clap, the limbo the limbo bar that was on the floor has finally been gone <laughs> under. And they put it back yeah, on the table. Finally, like, what yeah, are you doing down here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Tun, do you want to start us off? Sure, I'll do the honors. So, in a far sh- 
uh, shift from uh, Con 2005, we have the first fully fledged Skull Islander culture. They yeah. in this movie they are called the Iwi tribe, and they're a lot more um, Asian inspired. Um, they've cast um, all Southeast Asian actors. Um, they have like a fully realized culture, and they're not hostile for once. The Iwi tribe are benevolent helpers who took in um, some of the characters in the movie and helped them survive on the island. They even help um, teach them about the big threat, like the skull crawlers and stuff. And overall, they're just shown to be like a very present culture. They, yeah. they have some kind of like odd quirks here and there, like the fact that they're completely nonverbal and stuff. But it's not really weird so much as just kind of gives them a unique energy. I really like these Skull Islanders. They're probably my favorite um, depiction of them. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the only knock you could put against them is that they're a bit noble savage, but that's yeah. kind of inevitable when you're doing indigenous people in fiction stories. So, really good job. They did a great job with the Iwi. I like them a lot. Yeah, this is probably the first one where I can say I feel comfortable with their portrayal, where there's nothing that would like bother me. It's easily the best one since King Kong Escapes, which is not hard. But like, <laughs> considering the last Kong movie literally had them as mindless savages who murder people for no real reason, this is a lot better. And it's it's the direction I think that they should go. And also, even though this is for the next movie, I'm glad that the next movie will finally give us a native character in a Kong movie who's a main character and not just kind of there. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think here especially, it's like, it's proof that the, I think the concept of the Skull Islanders can work as long as, you know, you approach it with care and respect here, which they yeah. very clearly did, and it's done really well. Because I think it can add a lot of depth to the island and, like, just, like, the other culture around it. As long as, you know... Not being like racist or stupid about it, or like yeah, you know, like Kong of Five or like even like you know the original, and I I really love the way they did it here. It's very unique, it gives them a nice vibe, and it's it's just cool to have them in the movie here done well. Yeah, agreed. It's it's, it's a way to, it's a good way to cap off our Kong series with the first like real school Islanders that are not racist in their portrayal. <laughs> also, I feel like this is the first time the tribe gets a name. Actually, yeah, the Ewe tribe. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm so used to calling them school mm -hmm. Islanders. Yeah, but yeah, like. It's it's really cool to see, and yeah, in any future con movie, I think they should all take the same level of respect with it. Yeah, because I think I think it's proven now that it can be done. I just I hope wonder... there's no guy who's like, oh, I want to be authentic to thirty three. Put it back, you know, <laughs> give him blackface again no, or something stupid no. like that. <laughs> my 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 only question is though, is like, uh, yeah, it's like uh, who like who named them that? Because like the World War Two, so I'm I'm terrible at remembering the character's name for some reason, but John um, C. Riley. Yeah, John C. Riley's <laughs> character, like. He knows they're called the Iwi, but like they don't really talk any. So how did he find that out? Because well, no one else well, knew about the island. Either, like, stuff. Well, he can communicate how with them because, because he knows what they're what they're thinking, what they're saying. Okay. So they might okay, have yeah. some form of nonverbal communication that he learned because he's been there just, a long time. That is true. Or, he does talk. Maybe, to them and he's he's referenced names for. It. He's like, oh, yeah. they don't tell me like the skull crawler's real name. So I think yeah, or, yeah he can talk. I think I think yeah. they might probably they might they might talk just like not we don't see it. I guess like. It's a rare thing. Plus, in plus, so to use the next movie in GVK, um, the little um, a girl who's a native, who's an Iwi tribe member, mm -hmm. she she uses um, a, 
sign language, so maybe they have something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with that though, because I uh, yeah, go on. I uh, I saw like an article. I read a little bit about it, but that actor, she actually is a uh, she she. I don't. What is it called? Hard of hearing. When yeah. you can't hear at all. Yeah, uh, deaf. Yeah. yeah, she's deaf. She's wow. actually deaf, and has like that's actually just how she communicates. And people on the her co-stars, I think the main guy and Rebecca Hall, they both actually learned went through and learned sign language to help communicate with her on set. Really cool. Uh, and I guess they're just guards. Guards a good a good guy. Yeah, mm. he seemed great. I'm excited to see him. But uh, yeah, no, I think the Ewes in here are uh, portrayed uh really well especially well compared to everything else that came before them (laughs) uh i really like it and i think too i know some people uh i've seen talk about the fact like oh like why don't they talk or had problems with that Mm -hmm. but i when i first watched it i kind of made uh how i understood it is like how their kind of society came about is because of just where they live everything's just so dangerous in skull island yeah and that making sounds could just make you such a big target for anything yeah. there that they naturally just kind of developed a society where it's like try to make as little noise as possible or to be not as known to yeah. add everything out here that can just kill you in a second. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was my takeaway as well. I was just gonna say that was my takeaway as well on that front. That does remind me of something nice here. So you know the wall, which is in like every single economy movie. Like mm-hmm. nine, like nine out of ten times, they're like, "Oh, the civilization there now didn't build it." And this is the first Kong movie where they where they say that the natives built that big, impressive wall, which I think is it. It's a nice sign of the times changing for the better. Finally, mm-hmm. and for once, it's not for Kong. Yeah, yeah, it's to keep out everything else. I do, I do, just I love, every single thing else. I do love the detail that we see when we uh, look at, like when it, it's shown. Like you can see a lot of them have like blood on them. Yeah, where, like things have tried to go up it and like gotten stabbed by it. Yeah, Presum- presumably, presumably it's a lot of uh, skull crawler blood, but yeah, potentially other things as well that we just didn't see in the movie. Yeah, I'm scared to see the rest of this island. <laughs> I do like that. Uh, just kind of with how that wall like being bloody, and then also them being like they have spears and they do have uh, it shows that like, they can use them. Uh, I like that it does imply that no, it's not just this kind of like idealized like oh, it's all about peace here in this tribe. Like no. Uh, they know how to defend themselves. They only use it for the things they need to. To kind yeah. of like, you know, it's like, hey, we're all in this together. We got to work it out. But until so we can fight, like, you know, the giant, horrible lizard thing outside the wall. Mm-hmm. All right. So is everyone ready for um uh, the the characters' time? Because there's a lot, as always, in monster first films. Yeah. <laughs> Way more than usual. I'm and I guess pull up like the list of the character names. So yeah, I okay, well, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pull them up myself. Otherwise, All right, so to start with MCU reunion cast. Yes. So to start with, speaking of of MCU reunion, we have Tom Hiddleston as James Conrad. Whoever wants to start off there. Um, he's very much um. Oh, I don't know who, who's going. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. Okay. Yeah, I think he easily represents like the Jack of this movie, despite not being yeah. Jack. He's cool. He's experienced. Um, he has a history of war, and mm-hmm. he's coming to get paid. He's pretty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's not like I. I think one thing with a lot of the characters here is they're not the most like complex kind of yeah. But um, he does his role well. He's epic. He fight monster, not afraid of anything. <laughs> <He's cool. laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about James. Really, <laughs> he's um to me probably the weakest of the main um uh, characters in the Monterosums, which I know is a hot take because a lot of people really <laughs> don't like Ford. But I think Ford is more interesting than Conrad. Tom Hiddleston does his best, but I feel oh, like yeah. it's I feel like it's also kind of a odd role for for Tom Hiddleston. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I I think it's cool to see him in a main role, but yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Like I, I think, think Ford they, at least mm-hmm, has uh, much more interesting, you know, like motivation and backstory with his yeah. Family. And Conrad here is more just like, you know, he's like, oh, you can tell like he has like a, a, a he's experienced, but like that's kind of it, really. He doesn't really have yeah. a personal stake in this as much, which I yeah, like necessary, but it does make him less interesting. I would say, like he's like, he's definitely not bad, but I feel like he's definitely the monsterverse main male lead that I'm least invested in. Personally. I think I think for me, what he kind of does is um, he's kind of an Owen Grady from Jurassic World territory, where he's just kind of like the, <laughs> he's like he's he's the he's the um like former military white guy who knows every like who knows what's best for everyone the entire time, <laughs> and he's like never wrong about anything. And I think for this one, it's fine that they do that, but it's just like it makes him very unmemorable. Um, yeah. but, I mean, Tom Middleton does do a great job playing the character. It's just the character, like just from as, as an archetype, isn't particularly interesting. I kind I kind of miss those fan series where those fan series that that Alan Jonah kind of monster. Yes, yeah, I, I, I was I was I was one of the people who thought that might be a thing, but because because <laughs> I because I, I really like that idea of him going evil, but oh well, obviously that didn't happen. Um, uh, ton of Rob, whoever wants to go next. Uh, yeah, um, I like Tom Hiddleston in this. I think I am kind of sad that yeah, he isn't fleshed out as much as you as I would want. Mm-hmm. Uh. And also, I just have to say this too. Uh, I am a Brody stan. I will uh, protect him. <laughs> Loved him in fourteen. Still do. Uh, but besides that, I think it's kind of sad because early in the film, it's kind of hinted at that there's something a little more, a little more depth to him. But I feel like the film kind of loses it. Uh, yeah. In that opening scene when they find him, like, uh, Mr. Conrad, men go to war to find something. Did you ever find it? Like, there's yeah, hints right there. Yeah, I agree. Like they kind of hint that he has issues from both the Vietnam War and from his dad dying in World War II, but I feel like there's never really a closure on that, mm-hmm. per se. Unlike with like say Ford, where where he saves San Francisco, or Mark, where he where he puts aside his hatred for Godzilla. I don't think um a Conrad gets that moment here. Oh no, no, wait. he does though. He does. He finds a new dad with Kong. <laughs> but isn't Kong a teenager? Look, look, look! It's the big monkey man. It, it's it's a dog years kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're still they're working it out. They're working it out. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, is 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 that it, Rob? Or should I move on? Yeah, I'm. <laughs> okay, I just want to be sure. I'm a ton. Yeah, um, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, Tom Hiddleston does a good job as James. And I like, I find James fine as a character, but he's definitely not the most in-depth character in this movie. He's yeah. just kind of a team good guy who's tough. And um, I, I think he, he serves his purpose well, And but having seen Tom Hiddleston and other stuff, like, uh, I mean, of course, Loki when he showed up in like War Horse for a few scenes. He he can do a lot more when you give him more material. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a shame, but it's not really enough to 
ruin the character or anything. Yeah. It's just he's just kind of he's just kind of yeah. there. Mm-hmm. To continue on the trend of the Marvel Cinematic Universe actors, next up we have Samuel L. Jackson as Preston Packard and Pun. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first because I know you really like Packard as a character. Yes, pre- uh, pre- I love the Preston in this movie. Samuel L. Jackson is a masterful actor. You could cast him in literally anything. He'll do a good job. And um, Kong Squall is no exception. I, I love the Captain Ahab nature of Preston. He's such a good antagonist for this movie. Uh, Samuel Jackson really sells being just this broken uh, man who's clearly just seen some stuff in Vietnam and can't let go of the fact that the U.S. got defeated. And the fact that he takes out this um, obsession on Kong. And just such a really well-explored arc throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. Really well done. Some probably some of my favorite character work in that MonsterVerse. Mm-hmm. Whoever, whoever wants to go next. Um, yeah, he's definitely the most interesting character in this movie. I would say, like, obviously, I think a big part is just how good of an actor Samuel Jackson is. He brings so yeah. much to the role, and yeah, just doing that kind of like Ahab like style character for him is really it's done really well here with um with Kong. He's just really interesting. He has a lot of really good lines. It's just his character yeah. is super intense. Like no matter what happens, like he's still just hell bent on making up some yeah. kind of excuse to go after Kong. I he's feel really like cool. I feel like Packard is the strongest character in this movie, and I think it's funny how this is a classic example of the villain taking over in terms of like <laughs> in terms of, of like interestingness from like yeah. the protagonist. Because I think Packard is the most fleshed out character here, and even though we don't learn a lot about him, just the vibe we get from like how he's shot and what he says that he's yeah. a man who cannot get over losing his war is yeah. just a really interesting character arc and I really really love Packard here and of course Samuel L. Jackson as always has been, has been fantastic and I like the little references they have to some of his other movies like the whole like like the hold on like the, like the whole hold on to your butts line from Jurassic Park shows up when they take it off which yeah. I love yeah I think man mm-hmm. uh Honestly, I think you probably, if they kind of rewrote it, they may have been able to write out uh, Conrad and maybe combine characteristics into just Packard. I feel like he should have been the main, like, lead, like, male lead, uh, in a sense, just because there is so much just time given to him, and he is just a really great character. Even has his own kind of, like, little theme or, like, kind of motif going on in the film. Uh, And I think besides just kind of like the this kind of Ahab theme of a character he is. Uh I really like that he also just is a great representation of just uh like that common theme you see in a lot of uh post Vietnam works about like, you know, the soldier, the soldier who comes home who I did everything right, you know, I followed the orders, I got all these medals, I did everything and, you know, I still lost. I'm still mm-hmm. I never like how how did I do anything wrong when I did everything right? kind of yeah. thing going on and you just see that taking effect on him throughout the film and it's just it's just so good and that really that end scene where uh all comes together where he almost pulls the gun out on one of his uh crew yeah where it's just like the whole movie you see he really does care about all those guys he really does have a heart for them he's not just some like soulless commander who yeah. just orders the guys to die and it's like no he cares he's really hurt when they're dead and so when you see that where he almost pulls a gun out to them it's like oh 
yeah, that's the realization for everyone. Like, oh, Packard is not the same anymore. He's gone at this point. You can you can really see that apocalypse now influence that Jay, that that Jordan Bob Roberts did mention is in this movie with Packard in that kind of descent into madness he has here by getting so obsessed with with revenge. And I really enjoy how they do it without well making Packard into like a caricature or like a stereotype. But yeah, folks, go on. Oh yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I, I main thing with like you guys, other than what you guys said, I think. Um, some of like some of the best shots in this film involve his character, like yeah. when, they, when that when at the beginning when uh Kong is like taking out the like the 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 last remaining helicopters that are in the air, mm-hmm. and there's just that shot of um, you know you just that you have Packard in the center of the screen. There's like flames all in the foreground, yeah, and then like you got the other soldiers running away, and he's just he's just staring straight at him, and you know you you, uh, you know they look at each other through the fire. It's it's really it's a he gets like some of the best shots and I agree that he could have definitely been, you know, the script could have been reworked to make him the char- like main character that we look at the whole time. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, moving on. Crash. I'll let you start off here because even though this isn't um, um, an MCU actor, it's somebody who you who you're very excited to see. And that's John <laughs> Goodman. John Goodman <laughs> as, as as Bill Randa. <laughs> John Goodman is a good man. He's, <laughs> that's it. I, I just love his presence here, and his character is a really interesting one because I think, honestly, besides Conrad, I can easily see him as like the main character of this movie. Yes, yeah, same. Even, even though he dies, kind of. I know, yeah, but then yeah, then he dies. I'm just like, wait, what the fuck? Like I was actually pretty <laughs> cut up. <laughs> but yeah, I I think his his character is really interesting because like he's also not even like a, a good man in this movie. Yeah. Ex, like, by the end of his motivations, he's like. When we, if you can get us out of here, like we'll like bomb the hell out of Skull Island. Like I just want yeah. to be here. He he kind of reminds me of like Packard in a way too, because it seems like yeah. he's out for revenge after what happened to um his ship back in like fifties, I think. Is that yeah. to be like Godzilla mm-hmm. or something that like? Yeah, happened? it is. Uh huh. But yeah, he John Goodman does a great job doing this role. I love John Goodman; he's epic. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, Brandon, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. Brandon's really interesting though. He's pretty much the catalyst for everything that happens in this movie. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's just a very interesting character. I think I was I was kind of sad to see him go, but I think I think it was it was kind of needed in a way. Yeah, I don't think he was gonna make it out of here. <laughs> he was. Um. Uh, yeah. Would Randa to make a very nerdy reference before I let somebody else go? Um. I. Whenever I whenever I hear him talk, all I can think of is when Dinosaurs roamed America because <laughs> because I'm a John Goodman was the narrator for that. And like when they cut away and you don't see him and it's just him narrating, it's like, oh fuck, it's when Dinosaurs roamed America all over again. <laughs> but yeah, in seriousness though, he's a really good in this movie. Like I think he's the second best character here. He's not fleshed out as much as Packer, but you really get why he's so obsessed. Mm-hmm. And he has some great lines here too. Like yeah. he has so many good lines in this movie. I mean, the, one, a, the one that stood out to me ahead, the most. Was, I was gonna say the one that stood out to me the most was uh, at the, the his first line when he said, "There's there will be there will never be a more messed up time in Washington," which is uh, <laughs> a very fun fun line to read after earlier events earlier this year. So. Are you being political, Pocosaurus? This is a political oh. podcast. What? No, no, <laughs> no. I am hashtag apolitical. Because I know anything I say is apolitical because I'm a straight white guy, so you know I'm good to go. <laughs> also, because we're talking about monster movies, and there's oh, no politics too. in monster exactly. movies, yeah, right? You're, you're right. Yeah, that's that's true as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watch Godzilla, and I, uh, you know, I watch the big monster. He go boom, and 
That's it. Yeah. That, yeah, That's why no I watch messages. it. There's nothing like that. Yeah, it's just no. There's no humans either. Yeah, turn your brain <laughs> off. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a folks. Do, 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 do you have Do you have anything else to add, or should, or should I? I'm oh, like... I, I I love John Goodman. He's great. And um, whenever I think of John Goodman, the main movie I think of is uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Because I like. Oh yeah. The... That's the movie I remember, like him, like giving me the most, like strongest impression in it that I've watched him in. But he's great in this movie. I, I, you could definitely tell, like he's, his obsession with monsters is because of him being like the sole survivor of God's. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it's supposed to be Godzilla that attacked his ship, um, or is it just? Like, I feel un- like I feel like right. that's implication because it was a ship yeah. that sank in the forties or fifties, and Godzilla was already. Yeah, it's either away. either either Godzilla attacked it or there's another aquatic kaiju we don't know about. Um, it was Ebra. That's that's the case. It was Ebra. <laughs> yes, it was Ebra. Or, or maybe it was a giant octopus we saw we see in this movie. Well. Um, <laughs> no, guys, it was Manda. But um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's obvious because this is gonna be the twist in GVK. Varan finally comes back. It all connects <laughs> together. But it was actually Titanosaurus riding Varan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was literally gonna say it was Varan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but so whatever attacked the ship, yeah, you can really tell that whatever that was was is why he's so obsessed with like. It implies at the beginning he just wants to find them, but then as we see, like Crash mentioned this, after a certain point it becomes clear he doesn't just want to find them; he wants to kill them all. Yeah. Um, which is we'll see. We kind of see that trait later on in King of the Monsters with uh Kyle Chandler's character. So yeah. But yeah, John, uh, John Goodman's great in this, even though he does die, but prematurely. But you know, yeah, it's Gold Island. You never know who how long you're gonna last. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm a ton of Rob. Whoever, whoever wants to go next. Uh, yeah, I love John Goodman in this. I think he's great. Uh, I think just what everybody said, I agree with completely. And he, yeah, he does have some of the best lines and really great scenes in here. Uh, yeah, I always find my favorite is just that interaction right after. Kong strikes uh, between Packard and him, or Packard oh, literally yeah, just holding a gun at him. It's like okay, you're going to tell me everything now, or I'm going to blow your head off. He's like, the monsters are real. He just drops it. No he shit. drops the the, yeah. the 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 facade of like, I don't know I'm just a scientist and I'm interested. And he's like, no, 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 they exist. They killed every the people I loved. It haunted me. Everybody thought I was crazy. And we're going to come back and just finish finish them off. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Then he delivers that whole lot that scene just great. Uh, but yeah, um, even though he is killed off, I would have loved to see more of him. But uh, even then, I think it's just even the way he's killed off and that whole scene that follows. It's like mm-hmm. he's, even when he's gone, he's still making greatness happen. <laughs> but yeah, Tom. Yeah, um, absolutely love John Goodman and everything he shows up in. And um, yeah, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, I guess just to add, it's like. Um, at following up uh, Ken Watanabe and Sarazawa and Godzilla 2014, uh, Random works so well as just the main monarch scientist. Yeah, he, he really, he really feels like kind of a similar character, very obsessed with these monsters. But then he has, like you guys mentioned, he has a very different mindset. Whereas yeah. Sarazawa is like fascinated with these monsters, Rand is terrified of them. Yeah, and uh, wants the world to be ready. I, I kind of love the duality. It very much re- kind of represents the themes, which we'll go into later. Kind of yeah. like the, that Cold War paranoia mindset. It does. Um, uh, oh. Pokes, did, did you want to start us off on, on Bray Larson as Basin Weaver? Oh, wait. Can I say one thing? Oh, more yeah, about sure. John, sorry. 
because it just it hit me when uh i remember somebody brought up the the like oh there'll never be another like crazy time in washington yeah uh so besides that there was another line he gives in there that's really funny especially when king of the monster came out where he's like uh, he's talking to the senator he's like he's like what are you looking for aliens like no not aliens those guys are crazy yeah literally (laughs) the next movie oh yeah no aliens exist they're three-headed golden dragons coming down from the sky <laughs> like oh really funny, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, does he know the future <laughs> there's a lot of like really small like lines like that i think they're really nice. yeah. kind of tied together yeah. i thought yeah. that was just another like fu- like little funny it thing is. and why i love randa in this film it's just yeah. it's great <laughs> folks um yeah, so when it, when it comes to bray larson's character um yeah th- obviously this movie does not ha- like officially have an Anne. Um, yeah. but if there would be an end, it's her, especially because it, later on we see there she kind of gets mm-hmm. a connect. Oh, wait. Um, oh, wait. Say, oh, 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 yeah. yeah say, um, Rand is pretty much like the Carl. The Carl. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, she's, she's, she's sort of the end of this movie, although obviously she's not there for any, any of like the same reasons as Anne is in present in the other King Kong films. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's good. She's not particularly fleshed out. She's kind of just a journalist, kind of there. Uh, to take pictures and everything, show like the get, get evidence, everything that actually is on the island. Um, obviously she spars. I like I like her uh, interactions with Packard because mm-hmm. obviously Packard is of the belief that people like her are what caused uh, the U.S. to lose support for the Vietnam War back home, which is why they pulled out. So I think mm-hmm. that's a, those interactions are pretty cool. But uh, yeah, yeah. And this movie, she's other than that, she's she's a good character. Um, she just got she kind of in some way she's like the Anne stand-in for a movie that has no Anne. Uh, but mm-hmm. she's not she's not like a damsel in distress for the most part, other than when she like falls off the cliff during the fight at the end of the movie. Uh, yeah, which is which is that other. Mm-hmm. So I think the lack of there being like a typical damsel in distress kind of helps this movie. And even though she does have that one little moment, but uh, yeah, but I think that's honestly more just a way for them to have a to have a throwback to the other Kong movies, and b just like to help show that Kong you know does connect with humans like that, which obviously helps sets up the next movie comes out in a couple days as we're recording this so but um yeah she's she's a good character not particularly fleshed out but she's um she's fun to watch mm-hmm. yeah i would yeah. agree definitely yeah what, not one of the most complex ones but you know brie larson does a great job um and yeah but pretty much <laughs> the same thing you said i don't want to run over this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think mason unfortunately is a very weak it's, it's weird how the, like, the main two characters here or ironically the weakest like she really has no arc she's just kind of here to like mm-hmm. be that and stand in yeah where she's like <laughs> yeah save kong like okay i don't know she's definitely not horrible but she's very very boring to me yeah, that's i don't think there's any like bad characters just like just like you know like passable like they do their job yeah that's no, how no i fault feel the act it's just like i think like just the way they're rendered, or they don't really go through an arc at all. They're pretty standard throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Yeah, there's not. Again, it. What everybody said is kind of as far as they go, especially with like Mason or uh, Conrad. Yeah. Uh, which is sad because there are just a couple of times where they like where they're interacting with people or the other characters, and it's like you see the glimmers of like, oh yeah, see, I, I if you keep going on with this. Like it could mm-hmm. be way more yeah. better for them, and it's like, oh man, it's like they got the short end of the stick on this, but it's like, yeah, but we need more time for John Goodman and 
Samuel Jackson. It's like, yeah, we do. We need way more time for both of them. See, I think it's interesting that they invested more time into what you can consider the antagonist and the protagonist. It's definitely not a bad idea, but but it's it definitely kind of hinders it when when where there's nothing equal. Like in King like of the Monsters, I wouldn't call Jonah Deep. He's definitely the weakest of like the main cast. But on the other hand, though, Emma's still an antagonist for a lot of that movie, so you do get a flushed down antagonist. Here, it's kind of lopsided because I feel like you don't get a really um, a flushed out protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, that's what we're talking about. Like, I was trying to think, you know, who is like the main character of this movie? And I just I can't decide if there is one, to be honest. Like, they definitely set up Conrad and Mason yeah. as, as the main characters, but they don't do much. Yeah, because it can't it can't be John Goodman's character because he dies before the climax, so he's not. The and and and, and, Packard, and Packard's the antagonist. Yeah, Packard's like Packard's the human antagonist, and obviously we have the uh, the bigger scroll uh, skull crawler is like the monster antagonist of the movie towards the end of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, like if we just don't we don't um are we don't really have a very strong pro per, like character to act as a primary protagonist, and yeah, because like we just have a lot of uh, we have one protagonist but across a bunch of different people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but oh, oh, oh go, go, go ahead, Rob. Oh, uh, no, I just kind of agree with that. It's like, ah, uh, you know, there is one character where I would think would have been a really great protagonist, and I think he's gonna be the next person we talk about. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so I'll let you. Yeah, I'll let mm-hmm. whoever wants to talk next. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, Tom, dude, do you have anything to add, add for Mason, or are you good? Yeah, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, Brie Larson... Is... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Brie Larson does a good job. Um, she's she's a great actress, and she does give Mason a lot of smoke, but like Conrad, she kind of has that same issue of not having too much beyond kind of those basic traits. Mm-hmm. There is two things I want to mention when I broke quick, but I thought of. One, I think it's really fun that Brie Larson still is really fond of this movie and her character. So I know she's busy now, considering she graduated to bigger things with Captain Marvel and such. But I think it'd be fun if they brought her back for a flashback or something. I was going to say, I think it's hilarious they got, like, all these big actors to play, like, a movie that's, like, set, like, 40 years ago so they can just never come back. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of them died, too, so it's like, okay. (laughs) That's what I was sad about, too, because, like, there's so many good actors. I'm like, you know, if you bring them back, just say, yeah, that was my my mom or dad, and I just look (laughs) a lot like them. (laughs) And, like, like, the, the one... The one like character from this movie we do get back later on is one of the like lesser known actors. That's the side character. They, yeah. but they don't even come. The actor doesn't even come back. Is it? It's an older actor playing the kid yeah. character. So. Yeah, we really just don't see these characters again, even though they're like really big name actors. I, w- I wonder if that's why. Like they got these big actors. They were like, "There's no way we're gonna be able to like." Get that them. might be it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, they, well, a lot of them went on to the MCU, right? Yeah. Or, or in the MCU, Sorry. so it's like, yeah, you gotta. Yeah. Gotta pay him MCU bucks to bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Like Loki and Nick Fury were both. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, guys, we can have Robert Downey Jr., but we'll uh, only have about five bucks left for the Kong CGI budget. <laughs> <laughs> no budget. Yeah. We're going back to suits. And by suits, yeah. I mean I'm going to go to Walmart and get a gorilla suit, and that's it. You get a Kong 76? No, you don't even. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even go to Walmart. You go like one of those. Uh, one one day a year, like well, one month a year, like Halloween stores. The Spirit Halloween, yes, yeah, Spirit Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> um, 
And the second <laughs> thing that I wanted to bring up too is I think it's kind of interesting how people ha- have have had readings of of the scene where Mason's with the Ewe tribe making them do the, the, the peace sign of how she herself is taking advantage of them. I think that's an interesting reading of that scene, which I've seen, and it makes sense. Like, like how, like for the purpose of her, like photos and such. Yeah, because because they don't know what that sign means. She's just doing it for a message, and I think that's an interesting reading. Isn't like the middle finger in Australia or something? <laughs> not, in <laughs> Australia, like no, 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 not in Australia, but in the UK, that's the middle yeah. finger. That's really funny. <laughs> Damn, that is a. Yeah, I could see oh, that. I know there is a there is a kind of a history like of like you know white what like white westerners going to uh other lands and kind of just uh making the native people there just be in their photos for them. Yeah. Uh And so yeah, I could understand that reading. Uh I'm not I'm guessing that's not what the film's intent was. I think yeah, it was so just just supposed know, to be like, so... no, this is her just, you know, she connects with people really well. Even like mm-hmm. the army people, she's like supposed to be kind of against or yeah and like not really agreeing but that that scene with the, her and them all be really, really buddy buddy yeah uh but yeah so yeah moving on though we have the final big character and that's Alma john c riley another mcu actor from guardians <laughs> of the galaxy as hank Marlowe. and i guess i'll drop my hot tick now i think Marlowe's a good character but I think he's kind of overrated. What? I love Marla. <laughs> I think he's funny, but I think that's kind of 95% of his personality. He's just being funny, he, man. He's who, had, he's funny had man to find a way to cope with everything that's going. He's been stuck here. Like, he wants to, like, not be depressed all the time. I can <laughs> see that. Yeah. I don't think he's bad, per se. I just think people are like, oh, he's a misfortunate character. And it's like, is it because he's the best written? Or is it because he made you laugh a lot? I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's an important distinction. Well, well I think I think I, I I think there's still good like just character moments like not not like haha moments like um I agree he know, has when, like when they're on the boat like just going down the river and he talks about how you know he doesn't expect his wife or his family to be waiting for him because they you know he's like they he probably expect that she's remarried by now because you know it's been twenty something years or like nearly thirty years actually so I, I you know because we in a lot of like stranded movies it's like oh I can't wait to get home because. You know, like straight, um, like uh, Castaway with um, mm-hmm. uh, that that's another Thanks. situation like yeah. that. Although he was only he was gone for like what five years. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but John C. Riley's wife was definitely <laughs> a lot more patient than Tom Hanks' wife was in that movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I think he still has pretty good character moments, and he's really funny. I know Kraft is probably dying to talk about him, so I'll go ahead. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say yeah. I, I think he's interesting. I think I love his perspective in this movie, just being you know mm-hmm. the expert here. Obviously, he knows everything about the island, even though no one wants to listen to him. <laughs> Unfortunately, but I, I think John C. Riley brings a lot of like charisma to the role. Like, obviously, yeah, he's very funny. He has a lot of really funny lines. But mm-hmm. I, I just like that his characters like manage to find like still optimism mm-hmm. and like even just some kind of hope, even though he's been stuck here for so long. I think mm-hmm. he's epic, and, and actually, unfortunately, he's definitely dead, dead by this point <laughs> in the monster. <laughs> yeah. And actually, cool. um, and I'll, actually, I did want to say one thing as well. I thought of um, you know, mm-hmm. like mentions like when the, we like kind of early on when we made him, he talks about how. Uh, you know, like nothing. It's like some nothing beats like a hot dog and a cold beer, like at a baseball game. <laughs> baseball yeah. Game. And then, and then, like in the post credit scene, like he's not at a baseball game, uh, but like he's watching a baseball team and he's like baseball game at home on a TV. Yeah. Straight, like, and I, re- I just realized that TVs didn't exist when he when he got lost. TVs didn't exist yet. Yeah. So it's like he, that's <laughs> what, like, 
that's the funny this whole thing. I just like his interaction must be like, I can watch baseball for my home while I can just get free beer and hot dogs. Okay. So I'm sure I'm sure he had a fun time coming back. That, that was, yeah. That's a little tangent. But I'm, I'm really happy he got like a, a good happy ending. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. He, I'm, I'm very yeah. glad he didn't die because that was. That was I, I was expecting him to die. I was really sure when he was like, "No, I'm coming with you." And I was like, "No, just go to the boat, please." <laughs> yeah, he, he was. He was definitely almost set up to have a uh, um, a Reznov moment from Black Book, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops One. <laughs> like you fucking nerd. He's it for you, Mason, not for me. <laughs> And I'm just imagining a sequel to this, and it's either Conrad or Mason. They're, oh, it, it could be Mason. She's okay. in the chair. Mason, what do the numbers mean? Nerds. <laughs> yes, nerds. Molly, well, you brought your freaking one dinosaurs roaming among us reference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fine. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I, I think the way to did Tun say something? Sorry. No, 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 not yet. But but you can continue. I'll I'll, I'll let Tun go next. Oh no, I mean I think I think I've said my piece. Yeah, I, okay. I like them a lot. Like his presence on screen, especially. You know, it actually, I was kind of slow. It took me a little while to realize. Oh wait a minute, he's the guy from the from the beginning of the movie. You didn't realize it the, instantly until he got the sword. I was like, wait a minute, that's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, there's really just a, there's just another. It's just another random, like, stranded white guy that we haven't That's seen. That's what I was thinking. Movie. I mean, like, they're like, oh, people get lost here all the time. So I was like, okay, he's probably just some guy getting lost. The opening is just a cold open. He'd be like, oh, shit, fucking Skull Island Monkey Man shit going on. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm up. Ton? Um, I, I really like Marlo myself. Um, John C. Riley does a really good job and makes him funny. And I do like his emotional moments a lot. Uh, especially because mm-hmm. usually I feel like Marvel's the kind of character who usually gets killed off. Yeah. In kind of movies. So I really like that um, they kind of avoid that trope and made him one of the survivors. It just made him a really charismatic character. I do think, um, and this, this is more just a personal opinion than like a something I would actually weigh on the movie mm-hmm. is that he's one of those characters where his implied backstory is more exciting than kind of like the story you get. Ooh, hot take. There's, there's kind of like <laughs> that big gap between the flashback when he's on the island and then where he is now. Yeah. And you do kind of wish... Wait, oh, 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 wait, 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 one second. I just, I, I just need to make this joke. Where he's hanging out with Shinji from Evangelion's grandpa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I would like I feel like there's a fun story there between him and Gunpei mm-hmm. and Kari on, on the island. And that, that's not really a problem with the movies. That's just my personal feeling. So I, I do like um, Marlo. Um, he's he's fun. I like. But I, I do think he's one of those characters where, like, the most interesting story is the one we didn't see. Well, that's fair. Okay, Rob. I've, I've, I've had you waiting long enough. Go ahead. Uh... Yeah, he's good. <laughs> uh, no, uh, he's probably my favorite character in this film. Uh, besides, uh, uh, oh man, Packard. 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 There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna call him Samuel Jackson. It's like, no, no, he has a character name. <laughs> That's how we're to a lot of these characters. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, I uh, I think why a lot of people do come away from loving him and really kind of pushing him up especially in the monsterverse in terms of mm-hmm. main characters is kind of like what we touched upon of how 
Conrad and Weaver, uh, Mason kind of got yeah. pushed aside a lot in this film, Definitely. especially like, you know, he starts off like you think, oh, he's going to be kind of the comic relief, the funny, crazy old man. But yeah. no, he's like, he's really, he, get, he can get really serious and emotional and you can see just the toll being on this island and losing mm-hmm. like, he doesn't have his family anymore. He lost his best friend and he's just been kind of stuck here for years. He has. You, been. you see those scenes of just like him and it's like his fragile kind of a sanity at that point. Yeah. And not even just in like the funny scene where he's like, am I talking right now? I'm going to stab you at the end of this night. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that scene kills me every time I see it. Oh, I love that scene. Uh, but you see it just like where he's, you know, when they say we're going to get off the island, he's just completely like, no, nah, you'll never get out of here. Just you'll never get out. Uh, mm-hmm. I like him a lot as a character. And you know what? Fun fact that I, I saw on like Wikizilla when I looked mm-hmm. up this uh, a while ago. Uh, and I did, we could see him be brought back in the MonsterVerse because the the actor who played his son at the very end of the film that he meets is the same actor that played the young version of him at the beginning of oh, the film. Oh, that'll be really funny. <laughs> so, you know, hey, it's like, no, no, that was my dad. I'm <laughs> You're right. Yeah, see? <laughs> All the connection to bring him back. Although... <laughs> That'd be hilarious, though. Like, yeah, see? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he's a great a great surprise, too, for the film. I think a lot of people coming into it, uh, if it's like your first time, you probably won't expect John C. Riley to show up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and just thinking it's, <laughs> you're just going to think it's just uh, Conrad and uh, Mason Weaver leading the way. But no, I think he makes a great addition. And unfortunately, he, he does take away from our main characters. But, you know, I'm I'm fine with it. I think he makes the film, uh, he really helps raise the film up a lot. And he's a good, he's a great kind of uh, foil to Packard, which is where I think they, it should have just been them two as like the human element of a, of a protagonist yeah. and antagonist right there. Because they're yeah, really like, good like foils for like, each other. Yeah, he had, like, despite being stuck in the cellar for so long, he hasn't become like jaded or like hate filled like Picard has after like an hour. It's, Picard? It's a... What is this, Star Trek? <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying it. Packard, my bad. Picard. Samuel Jackson, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, I think they're interesting, like, yeah, foils to each other. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. I feel like, so because there's a lot more other characters, I'm not going to go through them one by one. So I'm going to condense them into two categories, scientists and then soldiers. So I'll start with the scientists. Does anyone have anything they want to say about the scientists here? Um, 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 who is the guy who's also in King of the Monsters? Oh, um, uh, Brooks. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's not my last name, but it's the name I go by, so I can feel a connection. <laughs> hey, I a connection to him. Yeah, he was cool. Um, yeah, he had a lot, he, the, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much to say, but he didn't, he wasn't as prominent as the other characters. I kind of yeah. expected them to have a bigger role. He does, I, I, he did serve the important purpose of setting up the hollow, like he's the character that kind of exposits the, uh, like, hollow earth theory stuff. Yeah, that's really true. That becomes very, really it becomes monsters, important yeah. to King of the Monsters, and it, it'll be very important in uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so. also the reason uh, this the movie kind of happened. Like, yeah. John yeah, Goodman yeah. kind of fails at, like, his pitch to the senator, and he's like, he just straight up says, hey, the Russians are going to find this. We don't want that yeah. to happen. Come on, yeah. 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 He's just like straightforward. Right yeah. yeah, pretty much. That is true. Um, yeah, and then uh, besides him, there's the the other girl. Who, okay, she's really movie. funny to me. 
Because Dinah hated her because she doesn't do anything. They're like, she's just there for pandering. I feel so bad for her because it's not her fault. But yeah, the movie, it, it really she's kind of did her really dirty. She literally has like four lines max. Yeah, just like really nothing. I, I like they they tried to build this relationship between her and Brooks. Yeah, but like they, it's just like two scenes and like that's it. They ne- they never she never does anything. It's really dang. She's like the least developed character in this movie, and that's like something. <laughs> Some of the soldiers don't get much. I know she doesn't really. I, we don't know nothing about her. I don't even think she has. No, I think she just shows up. No, yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, she, she just shows up on the ship. Mm-hmm. When they're explaining like the plan, and she survives, yeah. <laughs> and she has her and Brooks have like, I think two scenes together. Yeah, like where it's supposed to set up like them romancing, and but one of them then, is just like at the end where he, she's just on his shoulder. Yeah, but <laughs> then the EU made it where they got married and had kids, so it's like okay, really? yeah. Wow. Oh, I read wondered the about comic. That. Read the comic. <laughs> oh, you I gotta read that. You're right. I meant to read that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I get surviving a, a dangerous island like that does that to people. Yeah, they fall in love. <laughs> but yeah, and then there's the other guys who get killed. I, they don't really matter that much. They die. I like. Uh, I do like the. I like the. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't remember what his name was, but like he looks. Looks kind of like a discount uh, agent Coulson. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know his name, but he just he looks like uh, Coulson's actor, just like kind of like off brand, you know. Um, Coulson, I think you mean that 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 he looks like you, folks. Wow. But are we talking about the one who gets just stomped on by Kong at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one. Okay. That, he's the one that like keeps going along with Packer, just kind of like yeah. So you know what's fun? So this was like another thing of trivia that I saw mm-hmm. was that character. So apparently, I, he's I think he's the director's friend. Oh, that's and so he was gonna be in a he was gonna be a bigger role, but I guess the producers or studios like didn't wanted somebody else in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so because he was a friend, he kept him in the film, and he just gave them um all the lines for any uh unnamed scientist that was also supposed that's to be really like, surviving. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's sweet. That's a nice yeah. way. Then you let him get squished by Kong. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. <so> sweet. <laughs> I mean, I mean, being killed by a monster in a monster movie is kind of an honor, to be honest. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Ton, do, do you have anything, anything to say about, about any of the scientists? Or no, not really. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess really quick, man, I really like Brooks. Um, he's a fun character. And I like how they kind of avoid the usual trope of movie scientists where they're just kind of obnoxious exposition yeah. machines and nobody likes them. They're like, they're part of the team. Um, yeah. Oh, I did check something real quick. And um, uh, Lynn, Lynn Sands actress, the um, Asian actress, uh, Jing Tang, she was the lead in The Great Wall. Oh, so she they was? Really, huh. Yeah. She was the female lead, so that she was really not wasted here since she was really good in the Great Wall. So that's, oh that's no, I look. She was in Pacific Rim Uprising. This poor yeah, lady, that, oh, legendary oh. did legendary did her dirty two years in a row. Wow. <laughs> because, because because China hated her in that too. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Damn, we, oh, that here? poor girl. <laughs> what did she do? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I thought I was from the point out. Yeah. But yeah, that's my thoughts. <laughs> All right. Time for the final group of characters, which is the soldiers. And Ton, I'll let you go first on the soldiers. I know you have stuff, 
say about them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love the soldiers in this one. They're really great. My uh, probably my favorite pair is um, Jason Mitchell as Glenn Mills and uh, Shea Wigham. I think. I said oh, that oh, right. yeah, yeah, Shea, Shea Wigham. Shea Wigham as uh, mm-hmm. Earl Cole. They're really fun. They have. These are a really fun dynamic. They're the two pilots that kind of have that buddy-buddy relationship and kind of like mm-hmm. have a lot of comedic scenes. But then they have that really emotional send-off and some great lines. Like, I really love the line Wiggum delivers about why mm-hmm. he carries around AK-47. Yeah. And yeah, how, yeah, you don't have an enemy until you make one. It just mm-hmm. really sells the themes of the film. So, all, but all the actors just for the soldiers is just really good. They give them a lot mm-hmm. of personality. Yeah, I love what um, like uh, Carl's character, like you know, like he's with the other soldiers, and they're like, mm-hmm. "You have a bed, right?" And like, he, like his mom told him like a really messed up version of like the, which which story is it? Is like the, I can't oh, remember the, story it was the spider and like no that the no the line of the mouth, line of the mouth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like his mom told him like a really messed up version of that, which is like really funny. Yeah, like he's very comedic, but then he also has like, like you said, you um, Ton mentioned the uh, bit of like, you know, not there's not sometimes there's not an enemy unless you like go looking for one, which is um, a just a reference to Packard being Packard, and b just the the Vietnam War kind of in general. Yeah, and then, um, and then obviously his send off as well, where he tries to uh, suicide bomb the like the big the big skull crawler, like, yeah, yeah, by <laughs> by. Um, Trying to like, like he like, cook, starts cooking two grenades, but then it like it's too smart for it, so it just sends him up against sends him up against the cliff, and he dies, which is sad. But, yeah, um, yeah, I love him a lot, and then I love I, I think the soldiers in this they all they have all have a lot of personality, I think, and yeah. also the, the soldiers I can't remember which one it is, but uh, they give the best line in the movie, which is uh, is that a monkey? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, 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 that, that guy, well, that guy dies instantly, so yeah, it's hilarious because like they focus on the, all these like good shots of Kong, and he's like. Is that a monkey? Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think the soldiers are great in this movie. Oh yeah, I'm a Crash and Rob. If you have anything to say about about any of the soldiers, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, you can go, Crash. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I was gonna say pretty much. Yeah, I think yeah. Like, All together, they have like a really nice personality. I think every time they cut to them, they're at least interesting. They have good stuff to say, and they feel like realistic in this scenario. Yeah. Like, um, Wiggum, he was great. Jason Mitchell. Is also really great. They have a lot of chemistry and personality together. I really like them. Mm-hmm. Rob? Uh, yeah. Uh, all I got to say is uh, Dear Billy, uh, there's a lot of soldiers <laughs> yeah. in this film. <laughs> and they're, pretty, so they're all many. pretty good. Um, as long as you're a named character, you will not just pop out of nowhere and then die. Yeah. And it will be okay, Billy. <laughs> the best red shirt uh, you can ask for. Unless, oh, unless, I'm, unless it's your dad, then your dad dies. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one. Unfortunately. Uh, I, uh, when I first saw this, that caught me off guard, too. I thought he was actually going to be like, oh, that's going to be the guy who realized Kong's cool, and I'm going to work mm-hmm. with him, because he has that, he sees Kong uh, just being yeah. a normal, like, animal. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, nah, they kill him, and then you see a skull later on. Like, oh, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I think, uh, yeah, they're all, the ones that do, that are named and have time in this film are really great. Uh, mm-hmm. Cole, and Mills, uh, yeah. whole interaction is just fantastic. A nice addition for like smaller characters. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next, as we as we've gone from the humans, we're now going to go 
to the themes. And honestly, the biggest theme of this movie, obviously, is about the Vietnam War. So, Ton, I'll let you start off on this one again, because I know you have a lot of thoughts on that. Oh, sure. Uh, I love the semantics of this movie. Um, it has a lot of a commentary that feels very relevant, both to the Vietnam War, War and even today. Um, it's It's a very kind of like... It's a unique kind of anti-war film where, like, a lot of anti-war stuff kind of goes for that wax poetic, you know, war is hell, um, mm-hmm. or suffering to people. But it, it still delivers that message, but delivers it in a more direct way. It's just, it shows that, like, war breaks people, mm-hmm. and it brings unnecessary fights that get people killed. Yeah. Just kind of the... You kind of see how, like, these guys fresh out of Vietnam are just kind of eager to go to a beautiful place, and then they start mm-hmm. blowing it up. And Kong kind of punishes them for it. It's such a direct message, but delivered in a very visceral way. And um, it, I, I just really appreciate how well-directed it is. Yeah. And, um, it's just very visual, very told mm-hmm. from dialogue. and. It's just very. It's a movie that gives you a lot to think about as you yeah. watch. I feel like with the Vietnam War message this movie has, I think it's interesting comparison to other Vietnam War movies, like say the Ewoks and Return of the Jedi, or um the Aliens and Aliens. I think this movie tries to do something a bit different with the Vietnam War, rather than making it more allegorical, they make it more symbolic of like that arrogance of the military going into a jungle area where they don't know what they're up against and they're and they're cocky before they get destroyed and decimated. But also the fact that the enemy is only made because they wronged them first. I think that's an interesting idea the film has with the Vietnam War stuff without being like preachy about it. Like it's mm-hmm. a very interesting look at the Vietnam War. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really great point to point out for like the themes in that film. And I think along with that, uh, besides just kind of showing the fact that like, uh, like the conflict is caused by, uh, by the military coming in and just, you know, bombing and doing all that destruction, but also, Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of like those film, uh, especially like aliens, I know it's a great example of a anti kind of Vietnam war, uh, film. This Mm -hmm. one also takes the time to really kind of humanize and make you empathize with, you know, who the enemy is with Kong in this sense. Yeah. Uh, you get Rather a lot of than, those. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You get a lot of the scenes of him just, you know, showing his, the humanity in him and connecting with characters who are taking that time to understand him. Yeah. In, in contrast to where I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of Vietnam, like allegory films and genre stuff have an unfortunate implication of making the Vietnamese stand in these unknowable, horrifying beings. Yeah. Aliens, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like even the Ewoks are not great as a Vietnamese allegory either, to, in my opinion. And while Kong's not perfect because it's still that not human, I feel like he's shown a lot more sympathetically and in the right than other things of that of that vein, especially like like the xenomorphs and such. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Pretty much, I I was trying to think of anything else. I was in my mind. I came up with a really terrible 
image of like that scene of Kong sitting down looking about the stars. Like, oh, well, you know, Xenomorph could have done that too. Xenomorphs <laughs> <laughs> have feelings too. We just never got to see that scene side of them. <laughs> but yeah, Pokes are Crash, if you have any thoughts. Um, yeah, never. I think I think the way they do in this movie is definitely with a lot more boys. It's very interesting. I would say pretty much agree mm-hmm. with you guys because I don't really have much okay. more to add, honestly. Fair. Yeah, and my, I'm, in, I'm in like the same vein of thought as but I don't know if we're going to talk about the soundtrack in general later, but um, later, yeah, okay, yeah, later, I'll talk Hold about that. it later. Then, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you guys have said. It's very much, uh, it's very much it's successful in a lot of ways, and like kind mm-hmm. of, I guess, at it, at showing how they like you know being a more direct allegory for the uh, Vietnam War, and yeah. I, and I think I think the I think the merging of uh, King Kong with Vietnam War setting and themes is actually a really inspired. Yeah, it it's a really inspired idea because I don't, um, I don't know like what I know I've seen like obviously the first like the first movie and the 2005 remake are, you know, set in the 30s. Um, what is like uh, is when are the other Kong? Obviously, the son of Kong can't take place that much longer yeah. after the first one because yeah, it's it came out soon after. But yeah, um, what's the setting like the ones I haven't seen like like other than, other than like Godzilla King Kong? Like the well, one. well, the funny thing is, Kong don't even really talk about the Vietnam War. Yeah, mm-hmm. because because in Kong 76, which is set not that long after Vietnam, like like me and Crash and Tom were kind of discussing when we were watching it, it doesn't really acknowledge the Vietnam War like at all. Mm-hmm. It's it, it doesn't really mention it, and then King Kong lives takes place ten ten years later in in real life and also in the movie. That's in the eighties, so that's past the Vietnam War. So it's interesting how how. This has more to do with the Vietnam more than the one that came out in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think there's, there's, I think the merge, the can, like putting the two, you know, King Kong and a Vietnam War like setting together is a really inspired idea, and it worked really well. Considering mm-hmm. considering some of the like some of the base themes that King Kong, like King Kong, as a franchise already has. Yeah. Um, in terms of like just going somewhere you're not, you shouldn't be to, you know, and kind of like doing, you know, obviously. Some of the other films have problems with racism as well, but uh, even like the general themes and stuff, I think of King Kong work well to begin with with the setting. So I think it's very inspired, a very good choice they made for that. Yeah, and other... it helped set up oh, the monsterverse okay. as well because obviously the yeah was how they set up like the timeline of the monsterverse, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the other thing which I would say would um Kong Kong Island specifically would 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 this reminded me of um I find it really interesting. How Crash, me, me and you have kind of, and Tuntu have kind of been talking about how the Kong movies have issues with feeling like unique and not mm-hmm. just being being retreads of 33 story. And I feel like this is probably one of the most unique Kong films story wise. Definitely, I, absolutely, yeah. There's no Easily. real retreading of the same plot if you bring Kong back to the island. I mean, I obviously they go to the island, but like that's something I don't think you can really take away from Kong as much. Yeah. I mean, they didn't just, and like lives, but I think for the context, it was fine. But like here, it, even like even the island itself is completely different from how we've seen it before. It's yeah, more Asian inspired and mm-hmm. has a very different like fauna and like animals to it too. Yeah, in general, it's just a story too. It's it's much different. I, mm-hmm. I really like this. This Kong movie really stands out a lot. I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it, especially when like at least half the series is remakes or half remakes. Of yeah. So, so getting something like this with doing something unique with Kong is just a, a blast to see. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good lead-in for our monsters. And, of course, we have the titular Kong. No king Kong. this time. Damn. Well, he's king around here. 
What is a king to a god? Whoever wants to start off with Kong can go. Um, I'll just say, yeah, Kong here is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. they they went they went back to like the classic style design. Yeah, like, much more upright instead of like the actual ass gorilla from. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think here he's he's really interesting because for one, he's like I think the first Kong to not like immediately get like super horny over like a human. <laughs> he's much more like like <laughs> serious, I would say. Yeah, like, and he's much more of like a defender here. You know, mm-hmm. protecting his island from like the threats of the skull crawlers as well, and having mm-hmm. a much more like amicable relationship with the the Iwi tribe here. Yeah, and yeah, Kong is just really cool here. I like his design. I think he looks cool. Uh, the the way they characterize him is really nice as well. It's like still being very sympathetic, but not to the degree that he's letting himself like get hurt by that. Yeah, like, he's able to be to connect with him, but not like letting it take over him completely. Which yeah. And once again, like another unique take for for Kong as a character. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really down with this Kong. I like him, and I can't wait to see more of him. I feel like Kong in this is a really nice blend of some of new stuff for him, like the fact that, that he's a teenager here, and that, and that his lost family here isn't so much like a mate and like kids, more so his parents and stuff. But I think it's an interesting take. Yeah. And also, but also. Keeping the old stuff like he's like they, I like the hit they have for his infatuation with blondes. I know, it's, yeah. it, it's still there. They just make it more subtle. He's not horny this time. He's more yeah. like ooh, pretty lady, but more like a friend kind of way. I think that's <laughs> fun. And they and they still do type back stuff like him trying to do the jaw snap on the big skull. I know. I love that. That's yeah. just hitting. <laughs> so, so 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 they do a good mix of keeping old stuff around with Kong, but also I just want to say. This is the first Kong to me that is genuinely scary in some scenes. Like, I love his intro in this movie where he's just contrasted by the setting sun. And you just see just this big shadow of this almost Bigfoot-looking motherfucker. And it's like, oh my god, this Kong is scary. (laughs) Plus the fact that he just demolishes the helicopters. But I think he's one of the best action scenes in the MonsterVerse, honestly. Like, that bit is so great. But by him just tearing through the entire, um, uh... Ton, what's the military term for a group of helicopters? Uh, just squadron. Okay. 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 So yeah, so this tearing through the squadron of helicopters—it's just a great scene. (laughs) But yeah, whoever whoever wants to go next. Yeah, uh, I love this Kong a lot. Uh, (laughs) I think it's uh, for me. I've always been kind of like Godzilla is my favorite giant monster ever, and even after watching the O five one as a kid, it's like yeah, it was. It was good, but you know, I always loved the big lizard. But this one, I'm like, this this Kong is my Kong. <laughs> I love, uh, I just love his characterization, especially really trying to emphasize that. Yeah, he, he's king here, but he's like the protector of this land. He's trying to keep the peace. That doesn't mean yeah. he's a. Uh, yeah, he's just gonna attack anything on sight. And I like, uh, at least with how he kind of gains interest or like, kind of like, uh notice of like mason is only when uh she's like actually trying to help the animal mm-hmm. uh the buffalo underneath that helicopter yeah and then like you can still see he's angry he knows like her group <laughs> yeah. of people is like cause like a bunch of problems but he's still like kind of notices like all right there's something mm-hmm. you not all of you are the same there's yeah you guys want to help some of you want to help too okay uh but yeah this kong is just so cool to me i think just watching him fight 
just mm-hmm. in this in these scenes is just so I don't know. Uh you just feel the impact of his punches. Yeah, you hear those screams and roars. Uh, you just get you get into it. <laughs> uh and I really uh just love his overall design. I think it's a good blend of like kind of realistic gorilla or chimpanzee kind of uh take and then just being its own just giant creature. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Of a poker ton, whoever, whoever wants to go next. On uh, um, so basically, I'm monkey. <laughs> 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 yeah, but um, uh, I, yeah, this is my second favorite Kong after the 2005 one. Um, mm-hmm. But it's very, it's definitely very close between the two for me. And uh, I think you kind of mentioned earlier. I think this is definitely the best entrance scene of yeah. any Kong because that, like, you know, they're just, kind of, you know, the people are just kind of literally just vibing out destroying stuff and then suddenly everything just there's just this sudden shift with the when the tree hits the other helicopter and you just mm-hmm. see that menacing like like you know you mentioned we were watching it too he ever he ever he very much has like a bigfoot silhouette in this movie yeah. um which kind of adds to the mystique of it as well because obviously bigfoot's got his own like layer of uh creepiness like layers of creepiness and like mystery to him but um yeah like, I, I definitely i kind of imagine this kong is like a mix between a gorilla and Bigfoot just like scaled up really big. Yeah. And um I think it works really well. I think his character characterization is great. Um but yeah, I think I, and I love I love his design. I think it's a very I think it works very well for the monsterverse as well. It's like mm-hmm. cause I feel like I think if they had gone straight gorilla like with uh 2005 it wouldn't have worked as well. Yeah, because um, like I feel like when you have him set up with uh, um uh, to fight Godzilla, you need to have him have more of that monster vibe to compete yeah. with Godzilla's monster dinosaur look. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I I love this Kong a lot. Done. Yeah, I I love Kong in this. When I when this one was first announced, I was kind of like, oh, uh, skeptical. Oh, uh, because I was like, they're they're making a new Kong movie after two thousand five. It's kind of early. I mean, immediately. <laughs> Been like ten years since yeah. I'm old, but um, <laughs> uh, but all that skepticism was washed away when I saw that first te- trailer for this movie. Yeah. Oh, that the t- teaser and the teaser net from SCCC was so good because they also hit Colin's design a bit because you just see mm-hmm. the silhouette there. That was such a good teaser. But yeah, continue. Yeah, that teaser just immediately that, that imposing stance. Now Kong walking isn't new. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to thirty three, but I like how he kind of—he almost resembles kind of like if you watch any like um, human evolution documentaries, he looks very much kind of like an early human in his yeah. stance, which is something I really like. It adds this like uncanniness to Kong. It's like mm-hmm. he's still a giant, very much a giant ape. But he has a different energy here. He feels like he's like an alternative hum- path humanity. Yeah. So there's a familiarity to him. And I think that helps add to his character. Because this Kong doesn't have as much of an emotional arc as 2005. Yeah. But I think through kind of like his mannerisms and just his general movements and action, in a lot of the story just makes you really care about him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't really like him as Kong, and I like a lot of the things that give him like the intelligence 
this Kong uses a lot more tools and stuff like a real ape would. Mm-hmm. Like he uses the um, like he uses tree branches and trunk and trunks as weapons, and he uses the um, propeller on an old ship as like a shuriken. Yeah, scene. So I, I love this Kong a lot. I can't wait to see him in uh, two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That brings us to our next monster, the main antagonist of the movie. And the fifth is the first time where I'd say that Kong has had like a monster antagonist. And that's the Skullcrawlers, who have a lot of really interesting influences. Like they were inspired by a mix of that two legged lizard from Kong City Street, which I pointed out back when we watched it. Also, though, they have influences from Cubone and Ramiel, an angel from Evangelion, as well. And I know, according to behind the scenes stuff, this kind of hasn't been followed up on, but I remember when the movie was was be was being released, they said initially well, the Skullcrawlers were cousins of Godzilla, species wise. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that I think that that's an interesting angle that they might have. If they want to go back to that, and they definitely fill the role of even though they're the only one that kind of fills that role, they fill the role of dinosaur antagonist for Kong very well in this. I feel like, yeah, rest in peace, rest in peace our dinosaur friends. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, rest, oh, go ahead. Rest in go peace, ahead, giant boa. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, the skull crawlers are really cool. They have a really awesome, unique design. They fit right in. They're epic. I like the skull motif they have on their head. I like their creepiness, mm-hmm. the fact that they only have two two limbs that they run yeah. around with. Really gross looking and weird. But their design is just awesome. They're sleek. They're creepy looking. They're skinny. They run around. I think it's cool to have a unique Kong monster for him. Yeah, he's never really had that before. Unless you he's just of, had dinosaurs and the snake. Unless you count fucking gorosaurus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so it's cool that he gets a really unique monster like that. That's not just a bigger animal. It's like really yeah, cool looking. Mm-hmm. Who, 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 whoever wants to go next, go next from Pokes, Ton and Rob. Uh, I'm yeah. going to go. Oh. Nope, you go, Poke. Okay, okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the concept of like an animal that doesn't have back legs, so it just pulls itself forward with its front legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it, this is kind of a side tangent, but it's that it's kind of no surprise. My favorite SCP is has a monster like that, <laughs> or a group of monsters like that with a. I won't. I won't explain. Nerd. It. It's, it's, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into SCP zero nine three, but um. <laughs> But yeah, I, I love the design. I love, and obviously, I'm a huge Pokemon fan, so it being inspired in part by Cubone is really cool to me. And I think the, I love the design. Like you know, they're called Skullcrawlers, and obviously, it, it, this, this, uh, the name was made up by John C. Riley's character because he yeah says they they, they said the other like the Ewe won't even say what they call it. And mm-hmm. He was like, oh, we can't speak its name; it's too evil. But um, yeah, I think they're they do he does a great job of making them really menacing. Like you know, Kong is able to just dispatch the smaller ones really easily. But, you know, obviously the human characters can't, like, they only just barely survive taking down one of them. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that, that I think they work really well in that regard. And obviously the big one is great. And um, I love how it's, like, a real struggle for Kong to take that one out. I mean, it, it ends up, mm-hmm. he, he ends up having to use tools to use it, which is another aspect of Kong in this movie. I really like his, uh, his tool usage, which, of course, sets up his tool usage in Godzilla vs. Kong as well. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, I think I think they're just really cool. I love I love the animal with no back legs kind of trope um not trope but like idea concept and i think mm-hmm. they really they it really works off really well and i actually didn't realize until you said it that uh it is inspired by one of the angels from Evangelion, which is really cool yeah 
I, I can see it now that you pointed it out. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> once you, once uh, you know it, you can see it. But yeah, yeah. I'm a ton of Rob, who, who, whoever wants to go next. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have to say, I love like reptile things. Mm-hmm. And I'm a sucker for this. I, I love the skull crawler so much. I love his design. Same. It's so weird and creepy and just. Oh, uh, he's so like just ferocious when you see him out there. It's like, yeah. Oh, I love these kind of things. These kind of weird, like just, yeah, real monsters like this. Uh, and I think just this whole design concept, uh, just what went into it, making it, especially that tie into the original 33 with just the three legged uh, lizard or two armed mm-hmm. lizard. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh man i just the kong and skull crawlers it's, it's a great mix it's a great fight at the end there mm-hmm. uh and i also just like that it's not even with the bigger one it's, at least it's kind of shown a little bit that no it's not just like this dumb animal that just eats everything it's like no it's smart it can mm-hmm. tell when there's a threat especially uh like cole yeah uh and <laughs> I like uh, what somebody pointed out on a video I was watching how in that fight with Kong, when uh, the humans come in and start distracting it, right? As it's walking away, he doesn't have to do it. It didn't have to be in the scene, but man, that little just slap it gives Kong with a tail at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. When he's walking away, it's just smack, <laughs> maximum disrespect. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I love these things. Oh, God, I love these things. And I've gone, even had to go far and looking wide just so i could get the uh that playmate skull crawler to go be in the collection because i love them so much I'm so happy to finally find a good toy representation yeah but they haven't even finished godzilla so. <laughs> <laughs> well they haven't even touched kong so he said congo 5 so that's not surprised well we're getting that gvk one which i'm hyped for yeah but nice. now, let me now let me not get into it, the stuff as this monster ignores the um, toy uh, discussion. That's the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, ton. Do you have any thoughts on on the, on the skull crawlers? Yeah, um, I love the skull crawlers. Um, oh my gosh, my brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, there's just uh, so I I would say this would be no surprise to anyone, but the G14 and. Um, kind of monster episode aren't out yet, but I absolutely mm-hmm. love the original monsters in uh, MonsterVerse, and like the Mudos just blew me away when I first saw G14. And the mm-hmm. Skullcrawlers are no exception to this. They're just excellent art direction. I love their personality and setup. I love the design. There's so much just thought put into them. Um, usually when you have kind of the more mooky monsters, they mm-hmm. tend not to be just kind of generic and boring but the scroll crawlers are anything but like there's so much thought put into them even though like the skull devil isn't that different yeah yeah it's um it's, it's very interesting they're interesting for um I, I won't go into too much detail since we plan to watch this down the line but they remind me a lot of the gauss from uh Gamma. oh true so they're cool. I like them a lot. All right. Well, that well, this Skull Island is very different from the other ones, where there's not really dinosaurs on it. Instead, it's a bunch of different. Oh yeah, instead it's a bunch of different animals. So I guess first to start us off with is the Mother Longlegs, which was the giant spider that showed up and who everybody saw was going to be Kumanga, but was not Kumanga. <laughs> no, that's the, the next really movie. Cool that's when he. That's when he showed up. <laughs> Finally. 
the really gross, disgusting, nasty spider creature here. Yeah. It's so gross with the bamboo legs and the stomach that like falls out. And yeah. And, like, and crab legs and the shit. It's yeah. Fucking, really gross and creepy looking. I hate it. I love it. In some ways, it kind of. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost it kind of reminds me of um it's not as big as that but it, it sort of reminded me of you don't really see it much but in the the movie adaptation of the mist that towards the end of it you see like that really big thing i don't know who, who you're saying oh like, yeah um, yeah like in, in the distance you see that giant like thing walking in the background it just it kind of vaguely gave me vibes of that yeah it, it's definitely as creepy looking so Though I find it really funny that the scene where he kills that soldier is meant to be a homage to Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> oh, is yeah, it? That, that oh my yeah. god! Reminds me of that fucking frame. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's so gross, but it's really funny to me that they referenced that movie. Oh man, yeah the 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 mother long legs is a. Uh, I hate that thing. It's it's that's too much. Someone who hates spiders and then seeing something like that. Okay, so I'm you, like, so oh you God. were nothing grossed you up, but you were perfectly fine with the spider pit in 05. That was okay. <laughs> the, the insect pick was fine. What? <laughs> that was fine. Oh my gosh. This is worse. <laughs> <laughs> this this is like the ultimate fear is for me, like a spider dropping on my face or head if I looked up right. <laughs> and this is just that, but like times a hundred. <laughs> but yeah, no, this that thing is uh I I hate I love and hate that scene a lot. <laughs> an intense scene. Uh. Yo, <laughs> yeah, long legs is really creepy. Um, it's a very unique um sp- giant spider. Um, usually they're kind of well, they're not exactly new to the movies. You see giant spiders a lot, but I love the unique hunting styles, stabbing people with its legs and the giant um tongue thingy. Yeah. Crab arms. This is really menacing <laughs> for such a short scene. I love how they just yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I love how they just chop it down like a tree. I know, right? <laughs> I was gonna mention that. And 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 then Packard fucking caps it, which is badass. <laughs> just fucking shoots in the head. Is like stay dead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, folks. Do do you have anything to say about Emma, the big spider, or did you go? I forget. I mean, I, I yeah, I went because I, I compared it to the. uh Oh yeah, oh yeah, you did, you did. Forgot. All right, um, uh, Rob, did 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 you have something to say, or should we move on? Oh, uh, no, no, sorry. Okay, I just wanted to be sure. All right, so next up, this one's kind of a minor monster, so I'll get out of the way. Um, uh, it's the big mantis stick insect thing. Tree thingy. Yeah, oh, the, spore, the, it, the spore uh, mantis. It always looks more like a, it looks like a uh, like a cricket to me. Oh, sure, I can see it. It's oddly cute to me. Yeah, it's like, cute. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. like it's one of the most peaceful monsters in the movie. Honestly, like kind of honestly, thing there. if you if if you were to cartoonify it, I could hundred percent see that being a Pokemon. Yeah, same. Like, like it would like it would hundred percent be like one like just a random bug Pokemon in like a random Pokemon game. Like indeed. Just but just make it a little bit cuter. Like it's already kind of cute, but make it like cartoony and anime fied and you'd be good to go. <laughs> I always feel kind of bad for it that it gets shot. It, it's obviously fine because yeah. it walks away, but it didn't do anything wrong. Um uh, yeah. Toby Kevill's character just fucking sat on it. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? I mean, I mean, I like to, be a... fair, to be fair, everything else in the island was ready to kill him, so it was fair to assume that would be killed. I do I like that thing. Uh... After the school crawler fucking kills me, I wonder if it got away. <laughs> I think it did, but yeah, I'm a Rob. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, pretty much that. Just like I find that thing. That thing was a. Uh... 
you know, it could have been friendly. Could have just woken up and wanted to like hug uh, <laughs> that guy. But you know, then he shot him. It's like you know what? All right, I'm not even telling you about the skull crawler. <laughs> yes, right, yeah, he didn't hit him up. Boy, <laughs> rude, but yeah, like, yeah I, I bet it. I, I bet it. I bet it didn't even wake up from him sitting on it. it just woke up because of the uh, skull crawler, and it was like, oh, I'll tell you. Oh, never mind. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm walking. I am walking away now, very slowly. <laughs> See, this is the main theme in Kong Skull Island. Like, don't be violent towards don't, nature. Don't be on the island. Exactly. Don't, don't or go to weird. That's, that's, that's <laughs> don't go to nature. Don't go to exactly. Stay in your house. <laughs> if you but see yes, a giant storm, don't... please do not fly through <laughs> it. Fly There's something on the other it. side that's bad. <laughs> but yeah, Tom, do you have any thoughts on the stick bug? Uh, it's cute. I like it. It's a very simple, but go ahead. Yeah, it's a very simple creature, just a giant stick bug. But uh, <laughs> I like how I like how creative it is. The CGI for it's really good. I think I have to post the meme though. <laughs> um, but yeah, but are there any other monsters? Yeah, there is. Uh, again, <laughs> oh, well, 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 one, one second, one second, crash. Okay. The the other monster, well, not really a monster, but more big creature here are the big buffaloes. Oh, you mean the giant the scare buffalo? Yeah. yeah, they're yeah, cute. They 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 do a good job yeah, as being is, the herbivores. Everyone, everyone in this movie, including Kong, should be very happy that they do not have the temperament of a like, cape buffalo. They're instead <laughs> very peaceful. Because if they if they were that big and they were cape buffalo, uh, even Kong would be. The skull, yeah. the skull crawlers would have been all but dead already. <laughs> oh yeah, one thing. There's like, there's just like actual ass like deer. Yeah, the there is. Yeah, deer, deer and buffalo. Vibe on this shit. Like, I wonder if there's any giant deer on this island. That <laughs> the presence of smaller deer means there might be larger deer as well. <laughs> they're still growing. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, baby deer. They well, 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 they won't be. They won't be. Grow, they won't grow for much longer because they all get bombed at the beginning of the movie. Maybe, yeah, that was yeah. the last deer population. That was all. Oh strange. no! <laughs> yeah. I think we see some later on, though. It could be wrong, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm also, <laughs> there's. Well, yeah, we never see them, but there's implied giant ants. Apparently, oh, crash! Stop <laughs> jumping ahead. <laughs> we can have a conversation about the giant ants. Yeah. No, not the ant. The <laughs> there, there, there's like there's like two more things to bring up monster wise. But yeah, um, the um, oh, um, the scare buffalo. Are I know the terror, the terror birds, terror birds. I'm getting hit on multi. The terror. Birds. There, there, there's no terror birds <laughs> in this one. That's in Kano you know Five. What I'm talking about the mean ugly bastard birds. The, the leaf, birds. the leaflings. Yeah, those guys. The they're leaflings? fucking disgusting. The younglings. Yeah. The young. No, not the. Young- <laughs> <laughs> That's why he had to cut him in half, right? <laughs> was, was, Hayden Christensen, was, was Hayden Christensen secretly in this movie? Oh my god! <laughs> he was a he was a stunt double. That's why they put the gas mask on, so you wouldn't see. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the leaf wings, which are those flying things. Gross. But anyways, okay, because we we jumped ahead. What? The funny what? thing is, Crash, you jumped ahead, but you forgot the best monster of all in this. Oh, the shit, first returning, the first returning to a monster besides Godzilla. We've got the fucking giant octopus back giant in this. Octopus. It's such yeah. a funny reference to me that they brought him into this. I know. And it's obviously meant to be a callback to King Kong versus Godzilla. It's so, so funny. A random ass octopus. He, he's yeah. not even like fighting you. He's just chilling, and he just pulls it out and just starts killing. It. <laughs> yeah, to eat it, and then he starts fucking consuming it. Consume the octopus. Does anyone have any other thoughts on the best monster in this movie? <laughs> uh, 
besides being a reference, I love that. Uh, I like mm-hmm. the other. I didn't know this until like again when I was just looking up facts about the movie in preparation. But like mm-hmm. apparently, like the close-up scene of him when he's eating the octopus like legs and it's going on his face. Apparently, mm-hmm. that's supposed to be in reference to a uh, scene in Old Boy when he does oh, yeah, the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, oh, wow. This movie's just filled with all these random references. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but also, I just find it interesting where it's like, oh, you know, in a lot of these giant monster movies, you don't see the monsters really eat anything besides, like, implied, like, oh, yeah, they survive off, like, some sort of energy source, like radiation. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, Kong can eat stuff. Hungry man. Mm. Hungry interesting. Man. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a ton. Go ahead, because, because you're, you're going to say something. Oh yeah, um, Kong likes calamari. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with a giant cephalopod, and it's kind of fun that they brought back this of all creatures from the classic movies, probably because it's Toho can't really copyright an octopus. <laughs> giant octopus. <laughs> you can say large octopus, it's just not giant octopus. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, its official name is Meyer Squid, so they were being cautious. Okay, <laughs> and, and, and it's a CGI octopus this time, so there's no animal cruelty of eating it after filming. Oh yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, that poor octopus. Yeah, <laughs> I still feel bad. Like when you look into that too, it's like it's like all the things they ha- tried to make it move. They're like burning cigarettes on it. Like, oh my god, oh, yeah. <laughs> that octopus. Yeah, then you guys ate it. He's a famous octopus, though. He did it to be on the big screen forever. <laughs> His soul is immortalized. <laughs> All right, Pokes. Do you have any thoughts on 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 our yeah. Lord and Savior, the giant octopus? Yeah, I love that. Um, Kong just like realizes he's sitting on it and just like starts picking it up out of the water. Like, what are you doing? I know, here? right? And then after he kills <laughs> it, like he eats some of it. Then he decides he wants to eat some later, so he just drags it with him in the yes. water as he walks away for like just like it's like like you do when you just have leftover Chinese food. Just like yeah, I'm saving you for later. Come on. <laughs> Um, or it's like it's like a like a dog kills something and brings it back. So. Yeah, pulls on it. Uh, I, I thought that was I thought that was really funny that he just kind of sat on it and he was like, "Oh, okay, there it is." All right, before we move on to closing this out, Ton, I know you had some thoughts on skull on the on this skull in particular. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, this skull island is an absolutely beautiful location. I really love it. It's not my. It's probably my third out of the. Skull Islands we've seen thus far. It, um, it's just it's kind of a shame that it's a little empty. I feel like. yeah. I think they could have had a few more creatures running around. I wish they had more dinosaurs. Yes, <laughs> there being no dinosaurs here is still really disappointing to me. I, I read like an interview where he was like, "Oh, because like well, Congo Five, Congo Five, and also like Jurassic World." And it's like, what? That's like. I don't. That, that seems like a kind of not a really great excuse. Yeah, like. yeah. Like, dinosaurs have been yeah. integral Kong since like the very beginning. That's mm-hmm. usually something like all of them kind of get. So I mean, they have like little cute references in the graveyard, but like, yeah, like, you can have a. This would have been awesome. He brought back like a, another fucking man-eating sauropod. Yeah. <laughs> like the guys were like, "Oh look, the sauropod. They're friendly." Just fucking like chomp. Yeah, I feel, I feel like there was yeah. ways that you could make it unique from Congo Five without completely getting rid of dinosaurs. I don't know. Yeah, especially the hints we get of them being like fucking giant, like the giant triceratops. It's like I want to see that thing. I know the super, they can bring back the giant stegosaurus as well from thirty three. <laughs> yeah, uh, continue, Tom. 
No, yeah, I was just gonna agree with Crash. It's just it's, it's kind of a shame to have a comic movie without dinosaurs. And, like the creatures they do have are all fun, and then there are some concept art ones that were cut that little bit. Oh fun yeah, well, look tiger. at Tiger. Yeah, the tiger with antlers. So that's probably the one thing that kind of I think the movie could have had a little more was just more creature variety and dinosaurs. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Can I say a few more things? Okay, yeah, sure. Go ahead, Okay, Crash. one thing. In the graveyard, they show Kong's dead parents, right? Yeah, they do. They're about, like, the same size as him, right? Yeah. Okay, but isn't he supposed to be, like, a child or, like, a teenager here? Yeah, I mean... Much larger? Maybe he's been eating his spinach between this movie and GBK. <laughs> <laughs> his parents are just really stunted. Or may, 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 yeah. You know what? May, maybe, maybe his parents were teen parents. We don't know that. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> so and... sixteen and pregnant, my uh, Skull Island. <laughs> Skull Island <laughs> edition. <laughs> and I, I guess to retire this segment of the Kong Roundtable as well yes. is about the naming shit. Obviously, they call this Skull Island like five million times. Yeah. It's in the title. We know it's there, but they don't call him King Kong, and that's just unfortunate. There's never a King Kong movie where they call him King Kong and also call the island Skull Island at the same time. Yeah, that's so whack to me. But they do say it in a very, they say it in a roundabout way. I know yeah. Like, it's Kong. He's king around here. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I see. <laughs> and, then the, and then the post credit scene, Kong's not the only king around here. Oh, it's it's really they they get around it. It's like, okay, yeah. I know there's legal stuff, that's why. Like because they wouldn't they, they wouldn't call call the movie Godzilla versus Kong unless they had to. Because come on, you fucking told them we got versus King Kong if you could. Oh but, yeah, like, yeah, I know that shit. There. It's just it's just kind of funny to me how it's happened like this. Yeah, yeah. but um, so message, message to future King Kong directors: please keep this trend going. Torture crash for life. <laughs> Every time, never use, never use both at the same time ever. <laughs> There's gonna be one where they'll be like, "Yes, this is King Kong, and he lives on the island of the skull." I'd be so blown. Oh my god, you're kidding me. <laughs> Him. Oh wait! Also, you forgot more mm-hmm. of the post-credit scene. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's coming up. I was waiting to talk about that. Oh. All right, but but but, but now's a good time. So yeah, there's a big post-credit scene here that that set up King of the Monsters. And honestly, when I saw this movie, it's a good movie, but I I was more focused on the post-credit scene. <laughs> <than anything laughs> Same. <else. laughs> wow. Yeah, like like when I when I was when I watched this movie in theaters, um, like I knew the post-credit. I didn't know there was I knew there was a post-credit scene, but I didn't know what it was because I wasn't spoiled on it, but. Uh, that was the, like that got me more hot. Like that gave me a feeling of hypeness that no, like the rest of the movie didn't get. And I love this movie, but like the ending yeah. scene was just so awesome because Godzilla. It was. It, it, it's it's just epic, especially because of the ties to Kamatra or the end of King Ghidorah. Like that first mm-hmm. real confirmation. I think it's probably my favorite post credit scene of all time. Honestly, as nerdy as that is, <laughs> I just adore it. Is it. Pretty hype. Yeah. And so, I, 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 I always know. This, oh, this go is ahead. Continue. Sorry. I'll, I'll say oh. Um, a ton and Rob, if you want to talk about your experience with the post credit scene, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I saw King of the Monsters before I saw Skull Island, so that's my experience with the post credit scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, even a. <laughs> so yeah, I, I knew King Ghidorah and Mothra, and right now we're gonna be in the next movie. I saw the trailer for it, of course. But no. <laughs> Um, so, but even when I go back to it, I still uh, now I still wait until that post credit scene comes up, just because it's like 
oh god it, it does just kind of build that hype for when for king of the monsters and just yeah. ending with godzilla's roar it's like oh man if i saw that in theaters i don't think i could be i would have been i would have been too hyped for like years until I mean, godzilla yeah, versus suffering. kong came out yeah <laughs> I, I can understand that completely and you know what i'm kind of glad i didn't see it in theaters beforehand because <laughs> i would have just been a terrible wreck just every day waiting like okay when's when are the next movies when are godzilla and kong fighting when when's king Ghidorah showing up what's happening i need it now <laughs> but yeah i'm a ton oh yeah just i remember being in the theater and um watching this whole movie being so excited loving it and that post credit scene plays and 100% no disrespect to Jordan Wright Roberts here, but I watched that and I was just like, damn, I'm really gonna have to wait a year <laughs> for King of the Monsters. That had me so pumped for King of the Monsters. Um, the, the, the wait for that was painful because was. just how hyped that post-credit scenes was. Especially like hearing that Godzilla are at the end. And that final mural of, um, Godzilla yeah. and King Ghidorah fighting is so yeah. good. I just I love it. <laughs> and folks, because you want to have a soundtrack, go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, so obviously this is a film set in the Vietnam era, very Vietnam inspired. So of course it has a very Vietnam movie soundtrack. Um, yep. And this 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 movie definitely ticks all the boxes. It's got CCR. It's got a uh, Black Sabbath. It's got some, yeah. a bunch of other great classic rock songs and. Uh, definitely the kind of music I grew up listening to because it was that music my dad introduced me to. So um, yeah, I, I I honestly I don't remember much of the actual film's like original score. Mm-hmm. I mostly just think of the you know the licensed music because I think it just works really well for this movie because it has that Vietnam movie theme. And um, I just like paranoid playing while they're dropping the bombs and then it just it keeps playing even after like as Kong starts attacking them. Yeah, it's really cool. And um. And I, I love um I love John C. Riley's character's like reaction to hearing like newer music too because he's like like you know what happened to Swing, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um yeah I love I love this movie soundtrack not that I mean the, the score is good I just I the licensed music is definitely what sticks out to me more than yeah anything. same I feel like the licensed music kind of like Henry Jackman's a very good composer he's done a lot of big stuff actually. I just think um, he's has. Uh, this might change when I'm a when I'm a GBK. I'll, I'll, I'll see. I'll see how I feel. But I feel like his score is the weakest of the three Absolutely. so far. With, Absolutely. With Alexander Desplat and and I'm a Bear Bear McCreary. There's I, nothing I, that sticks out to me themes wise. I, I just I I don't even think it'd be possible. For anyone to top Bear McCurry's King of the Monster score, it's just yeah. that great. Um, yeah, so good. even even though I I have liked what I I've only listened to the, the true like early the two early release tracks from Godzilla vs uh, Kong. So, but I, I like that. But even still, like this Blot's G14 theme uh, soundtrack and King of the Monster just set a bar so yeah. high that like nothing else can really hit that. Because like you know. This blast theme was just it's really good. He couldn't use the actual mm-hmm. like Godzilla theme themes or anything like that in his but even still he made a really great yeah. like modern Godzilla theme in soundtrack. And then obviously Bear McCurley mixed that in with the original uh yeah uh, Ikifube or Ifikube's soundtrack 
um like not 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 just Godzilla's theme but also Mothra's theme which is great so um definitely this movie definitely feels like in a it it, it can't quite like its soundtrack in terms of like the composition like the score doesn't really live up to those two but the, it makes up for it with the like classic Vietnam song so it it does not use Fortunate Son, which is like the most popular CCR yeah. song to use in these, so they did pick they did pick two other CCR songs, which yeah. are still great. Uh, it's just surprising. It's, it's surprising they avoided using the one that that's maybe a bit overused, even though it's a great song. It might be a little. Well, that's probably though. why they avoided. Yeah, it. yeah. I, I I remember um I read a review for the Battlefield Bad Company Two Vietnam expansion, and like the IGN reviewer took point five points off of it because it used. They heard that song too many times in the game. So, <laughs> uh, I can definitely understand why they kind of maybe wanted to avoid using that one specifically because it's just too, it's too commonly used. But I love I love the other choices they made. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't think. Go ahead. Kong, King Kong has ever really gotten like a theme. In yeah, I feel like Kong Thirty Three. Classic. Yeah, but but, but like a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we have a mental connection. I'm just like, yeah. yeah, they don't they don't have like <laughs> like a main theme for Kong as much. Yeah, there's no that. like like Godzilla theme comparison. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think there's like a, an original score here that like really pops out to me. I mean, it all fit, but like just yeah, nothing else. Like oh yeah, like I'll be listening to that later. Yeah, um, yeah. The usage of the score I think really helped a lot and mm. helped set the time period very well. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm a ton of rob do you guys have anything to add about the score uh i like the uh, i i love classic rock so hearing all these songs is great um like the original score it's very it's not super memorable like a lot of the other monsterverse stuff uh except for like packard's kind of song motif yeah going on i think that does stand out when it comes up and it is noticeable just like i like when it comes up because it kind of signals like hey this is like a point where he's like getting close to breaking uh mm-hmm. but yeah i've actually uh in preparation for gvk i actually went back and got the kong like original soundtrack and mm-hmm. the gvk soundtrack just to listen through them uh mm-hmm. and so far like a lot of the original stuff on there i think it's just very subtle in the movie yeah. but on the actual soundtrack it sounds fine it's, mm-hmm. it's still not like as good as king of the monsters or even 2014 but it works fine yeah that that's what I'd say. I'm a ton. Do you have anything to say, or are you good? Uh, I haven't really checked out the soundtrack too much. Uh, I like Package Motif, like Rob said. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I don't think this has quite as many like bumping themes as like G14 or King of the Monsters did. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I really love the remix of um, oh, what was it called? We gotta get out of this place in the trailer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm surprised it never showed up because that was a really good remix. Yeah, I wish that had shown up in the movie, but yeah, that's about it. Okay, all right. So before we close out, does anyone have anything else they want to talk about? Yes, uh, one really kind of dank scene to me that was kind of dank. I gotta say, it yeah, was in the graveyard pit, and it's when Conrad gets the fucking sword and the gas mask. <laughs> He's just, like slicing the fucking leaf wings, and <laughs> it's. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, this is so dank. Oh my god. <laughs> That was, it really that was a, stood out to me. That was a that was a Battlefield One moment right there. <laughs> I mean, it, come on, Crash! It's so cool. <laughs> I guess I don't know. That one was just like just kind of kind of silly to me. But, but every time that scene was cool. So I'm kind of surprised, Crash, that that it's last in your MonsterVerse ranking. I was kind of expecting it to be above G G twenty fourteen. Really? Yeah. No, 
I you know I I like I like. <laughs> I feel like you guys think I, I disliked 14 a lot more than you think I do. I like <laughs> it. I like 14 a good amount. <laughs> I, I like all the monsters. I think the Monsterverse has been very consistent. Of course, mm-hmm. like three films, you kind of have to try really hard to fuck up. But like, they, they, they've done really well. And I, yeah. I like it all so far. I think Kong just has, to me, I feel like the least substance as much. That, that's fair. I, I feel like it, it, it's kind of... I feel like if it was kind of a shorter movie, and I feel like yeah. it kind of went by quick and like not as much happened. I don't know. Not much it stuck with me, but I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Does anyone else have anything else they want to talk about? Uh, this is just kind of rabbit. This is more joking. Yeah. It's just this film. This movie reminds me is that people, you can set your genre movies in cool historical eras. Yes. Please, mm-hmm. more films like this. It doesn't always have to be. It doesn't always have to be the future or like the present. It's okay. Yeah, I think you can do a lot with the time periods, like from around. Yeah, it it makes it really unique. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want that direction. Same. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I really like this film. I think this is like my second favorite MonsterVerse film. Okay. Uh, I love just a lot of things about it. Uh, Especially the monsters, I love the action. Uh, mo- a good chunk of the characters are pretty good and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as deep as I think other characters like from 2014 or uh, King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think they do a great job in it. And yeah. for a two-hour-long film, it does not feel like that at all. Yeah, it feels like really it runs by fast, and I think that's a good sign of like, yeah, you enjoy it and you're really engaged with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do hope that um, after GVK, I know we're having the uh, Skull Island anime Netflix yeah. series come yep. at some point, but I do hope Kong will also just get another, you know, another solo film to just kind of be himself. And if we yeah. do get like more reboots of him, that they won't, they'll take this as a good step of like, hey, you know, we don't have to do the same thing we've been doing for Kong since 1933. Yeah. Let's do something different with them. So right, when are we when are we getting a sci-fi Kong movie? <laughs> Future Kong. It'll be Key Kong instead of Skull Island. Island will be Skull Planet. Oh my god! Skull <laughs> Galaxy. Like so Godzilla they'll... Earth, we'll have Kong Earth. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the, 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 there is one thing I want to bring up real quick before we close out. I find it really funny how in the EU stuff, specifically the novel, they make the venture and it and and its crew canon. They just got stuck on Skull and never got off of it, and they presumably all died there. Damn, oh, that's fucked. Rip everybody. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Damn, I wonder. I guess what is it? What happened to Anne? I, I don't know. Kong, mm. Kong didn't care. Kong didn't care. This time with her. Yeah. <laughs> Like, damn, this bitch annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all right. I'm a crash. Do you want to give us your closing thoughts first? Yes. So this is a really refreshing Kong movie. It's a lot of fun. I think you'll get so much enjoyment out of this, especially if you're already invested in the MonsterVerse. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, I'd say it's my least favorite MonsterVerse, but that doesn't mean it's bad. I like I like it a decent amount. And I'd easily recommend it, especially if you like Kong and want to see something more unique done with him. Mm-hmm. Folks? Uh, big monkey movie, good. Uh, <laughs> basically big, li- big lizard movie's better, but big monkey movie's still good. 
No, but seriously. Oh, it, oh I, go ahead. I was, yeah, but ser- yeah it's, it's a really good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. It just it is it is my least favorite of the MonsterVerse but movies. But considering the other the two comp- competitors that I have are my uh, third and fourth favorite movies of all time. Uh, it's it's got it's got stiff competition. So <laughs> I think what it is is still really great. Yeah. Tom. Uh, yeah, uh, I really like Kong Skull Island. It was a nice, uh, fun movie to have in the wait between G14 and King of the Monsters. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely like both of those over Kong Skull Island, but that's not a knock against Kong Skull Island. I think it's an actually made film. Highly recommend it if you're watching uh, any King Kong movie, mm-hmm. especially if you want something a little different from 2005 and 33. This is probably... One of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think this is probably my third favorite Kong movie. Yeah, despite my criticisms. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's okay. fun. Uh, Jordan Von Roberts did a really good job, and I hope please direct Gundam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rob. Uh, I'm glad it only took 84 years to finally get racism out of Kong. <laughs> finally uh but yeah i think this is uh it's a really good movie uh again it's probably like my second maybe sometimes third favorite monsterverse movie flip flop mm-hmm. between 14 and this uh with kotm number one uh i i enjoy it i think it great entry for the kong franchise overall and I think for giant monster movies, for people who aren't like in into it, and if especially if you're trying to introduce someone to it, I think this is a great one to just you know start with and show somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thankfully, you don't have to have an awkward conversation beforehand about hey, just to let you know, uh, <laughs> back in the day things were a little different. <laughs> and thankfully, Godzilla versus Kong, I hopefully won't have to have that same conversation like I do with the original when I show anybody that yeah. one. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Oh god, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, that's it. Okay. <laughs> for me. Yeah, for me, I think I think Kong Skull Island isn't is a great movie. I don't think it's as good as 2014 or Kingdom Monsters, but that's fine. It's really fun, really well, really well directed. It's some of the best action scenes I think of the MonsterVerse. And it's just a really good way to show that King Kong doesn't just have to be that same series story, story over and over again. And I'd call it the first one that was successful while also breaking out of the mold. And I, I really appreciate for that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, folks, I think everybody knows where they can find you at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, if you don't, yeah, I, um, I'm i also on this channel. I make the Jurassic Games videos, which are my uh, retrospectives on every single Jurassic Park game ever made. Um, right after we finish recording this, I'm going back to my marathon editing session on my next, fair, like, Probably hour long video, but uh, <laughs> we'll find, it'll, you'll know by the time this goes up, you'll know how long that video is. So, um, but yeah, I, I like uh, that's what I that's where you'll find me and at Pokesaurus on Twitter. So, you know, yeah, Rob, uh, yeah, you can uh, find me at my Twitter at your boy Shamoy. Uh, I just kind of tweet stuff, usually <laughs> terrible MS Paint stuff, um, and <laughs> Uh, try to be, you know, a little more positive on Twitter since apparently it's very terrible for a lot of people. <laughs> uh, 
yeah that's about it i'm also like i'm on youtube and twitch and stuff but i don't do anything yet but maybe (laughs) one day i'll get this audacity to do something for me again (laughs) (laughs) sounds good all right everyone (laughs) this has been episode seven of the kong roundtable next episode will be the finale um i don't think we're going to record that tonight this episode's going up literally the day after it's already 11 40 i think our kong roundtable um a finale episode where we'll do our closeout of everything all of our thoughts and such that'll probably be going out after godzilla vs kong probably after the godzilla vs kong episode too we'll see so yeah um uh we have a few more things coming up though like we have that episode we have like I mentioned, the Godzilla vs. Kong episode, which will have Pokes back again somehow. <laughs> and, and, and also and also RF from last episode will be back. And we have an Easter special coming up with Mantra, so look forward to that. Big right, monkey everyone. with big monkey with uh, rabbit ears. <laughs> <laughs> Mantra is not a big oh my god, folks. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening and have a good night.